0: They really are, at least I'm aware of it now. Aw, oh, jeez, did I not start this thing? Hang on. Oh my God. Cheap oh, whiz, I don't know how to, all right, we'll have to deal with that in a second. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. I'm a bad boy. <laughs> oh, first of all, hi. <laughs> first of all, hi, sorry about that, I'm here. Were you doing Abbott and Costello? I'm a bad boy. That was, I've been in Costello. Oh, that's so great. All right. Um, if you are just joining us for the first time, this is probably a little confusing for you. Uh, my name is Jay Ryan. This is Late Night Playset. We're about to start it up. We have a great guest this evening. He looks like that. No, that's not him. There he is. There he is. There he is. There he is. That's Gabe Abelson. Gabe Abelson, you were head monologue writer on Letterman. You have written for Leno. You wrote politically incorrect. Late Late Show. I'm missing... Probably a bunch, but you have been around, and now you're you're here supporting our little thing. Couldn't be more grateful. Thank you, thank you, thank I you. Uh, with that, we're going to start up the show. Gabe Abelson is our guest tonight. If you have any questions, join us on YouTube or Instagram, and we'll start it up. See you there. Mrs. Ryan's here too, right? She looks like this. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Wide shot. I'm cutting it right here. All right, start it up.
1: Bam-a-dum-a.
0: Show your beard. You look great. And even a shave, everybody looks great. Let's be here. We've gotten nuts since you were here last. <laughs> did we have the bubbles last time?
2: I uh, I don't think you did. No, probably I, I not. I don't even know where to start looking. Probably <laughs> not.
0: We added a lot of stuff. <laughs> it's a it's a it's a uh, it's a late night wonderland in here. It's it a little is. late late night land of make believe. <laughs> this is
2: the only important part of any television studio.
0: The set, this the this bubbles. Is this
2: is it. The set. <laughs> and and bubbles if you can't have fountains have bubbles oh you weren't there for those
0: years were you when they had the fountains
2: that was very performing oh
0: gosh that's so cool well we're going to talk all about that in a few minutes but in the meantime welcome back welcome back welcome back hello everybody on instagram i'm sorry about all the confusion earlier it is what it is It, it is what it is i'm very excited to be here now uh tonight is i got this far on the card thursday november 11th that's what i wanted to talk about 2021 it's a magical manifestation day, and our guest is Gabe Abelson, the mentalist. <laughs> he's pretty a rad. Comedy writer, late night writer, mentalist. He's amazing. Pretty, pretty good. I'm just saying, he's amazing. It's a Kreskin joke. Does anybody remember Kreskin? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I grew up with Creskin, and all I think of when I hear mentalists uh, or mentalism is Creskin. I'm assuming you're probably the same way, Gabe. But but Absolutely. we're but but most people, most people, not so much. I'm him guessing
2: and, these days. I no.
0: Erie Geller Geller was the best, but didn't he? Did he ended up getting? Uh, I remember him going on Carson, and Car- yeah, <laughs> where did Carson our guest go? Kind of
2: busted him, which
0: surprised <laughs> me. But because I don't know that he tried. I don't think he intended to. When I watch that back, really? I think Carson really wanted to see it happen, and I think Erie felt that Carson was a skeptic and therefore got in his own head is what I saw.
2: Yeah, because Carson wanted to see me, it. Like Carson would, would do that, coming from where he came from.
0: He, he wouldn't turn over another magician's hand like right. that. It's not, exactly. it's not proper. Yep. And Johnny was a gentleman in that way, certainly on air. You've had any idea what we're talking about? Back in the day, there was a guy named Erie Geller. I'm sure he's probably still around, right? But oh, yeah. he used to bend spoons. That was his thing, or I bend I remember silverware. you
1: showed him to me, but like, I, not for my own self.
0: He would take something that wasn't even his, like a ring or something of yours, and you could like melt the metal and all sorts of weird things. He could make things. Was there a little bit of telekinesis? Couldn't you make things move?
2: Yeah, yeah. Pretty mean, wild. wild. He's uh, the Israeli police department works with him to find missing people. So apparently, is that true? Real, yeah.
0: So, and to some result, obviously, if they're still doing it. Wow. That's kind of amazing.
2: That's pretty awesome. I'm not saying it's real or not real. Interesting, though.
0: So with that, the amazing Gableson is here. (laughs) 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 Maybe that could be your new Instagram handle. I'm just saying. The amazing Gableson. (laughs) Uh, He's going to be in here in a few minutes um, to be talking more, just like we're talking right now. But uh, in the meantime, check him out on Instagram. Give him a follow at Gableson, G A B. E L S O N. Is that right? That's right.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's
0: a play on Gabe Abelson. It's like, why redo those letters? We've already done them.
1: I think about that every time I see your name.
0: 111 on the 1111 day. People have been posting, sending me tons and tons of messages because I always post 11 and 111 and all that stuff all the time. And today's the day. I don't know what it means. YouTube is telling me there's some sort of space portal, and all of a sudden the new Earth is open and all that other crazy crap. I don't know how much of that I believe, but it sounds nice. I'm I'm on board with the the logic of or the theory of it all. Like I want to live in that world.
1: According to all my astrology stuff, the portal was 1 11-1 to eleven eleven. Mm-hmm. So today's the end of. The skies open.
0: And the idea is that it's it's sort of like christmas season right like you're supposed to wish for all the things you want in life for yourself and the people you care but whatever you're supposed to make all your prayers and manifestation uh intentions and wishes etc is that right yeah and theoretically uh a guy in a big red suit comes down the chimney in a couple months and we yeah. all have a happy christmas
1: that's <laughs> how it goes <laughs>
0: or 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 maybe there's a crazy candle and eight days and a, and, a, and a nutso miracle in the center there that depends on what you celebrate but um, it does seem like maybe, you know, it's the giving season's coming up. It's the giving season. That's we're going to be great. doing a tremendous amount of, uh, I don't want to say tremendous amount of charity work. That sounds terrible. But, like, we're doing a lot of stuff coming up that are um, benefits and charities and fundraisers throughout the holiday season because it's the giving great. season. So everyone's like, well, let's have a party to raise money for whatever the thing is.
1: I love that. At least it's doing something good for everyone to play.
0: Totally agree. I would much rather do that than we all give each other gifts that we all return and re-gift and don't care about anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Just to go through the pomp and circumstance of it. Let's actually do something good. Yep. So that's fun. Uh, I didn't get to write all the stuff. I had things I thought I wanted to talk about. Maybe they'll come up as the show goes on. Mm -hmm. I really don't remember. There were some East Coast feeds that we didn't get to on Tuesday, though. Oh, we should talk about Tuesday, show. Did everyone have fun on Tuesday? It was a very weird one because I, I had a blast in the beginning, but then somebody asked me that question about the thing, and then it became like kind of emotional. Like the second half of the show was sort of emotional, and I was nervous about that because I don't know. It's weird when you get real on on the on the air, you know. And uh, you know, hey, I don't know where I get c- Canadian. Um, <laughs> did you bring Tom Green? <laughs> did Tom he? And Norm. To, oh, we gotta talk about Norm when you <laughs> yeah, get in was... here. That was. Mm. Well, it's your show. What the hell am I talking about? Anyway, I very much enjoyed it because I felt like some, some, uh, I felt like I had a, a, I felt like barriers were broken down between us, me and the audience. I felt like we all got to share some real solid quality time. And that's kind of the fun thing about having the people live, Gabe, is just the Mm -hmm. fact that like, oh, there's people here, you know, even though there aren't people here, there are people here. Yeah. Speaking of which, I should see if there's anyone on YouTube to get that going, too. Perfect. A lot of sex things. You got a sex thing earlier. We did a lot of sex things <laughs> the last last show. Somebody wanted all sorts of... All nude women. All nude. Fully, all totally nude.
2: nude. You know the old Rodney joke about that? I saw a bar. It said topless, bottomless. I went in. There was no one there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I miss Rodney. Did you ever get to see Rodney live?
2: I, miss, I knew Rodney.
0: You knew him. You knew yeah. him. Oh, did you work with him?
2: I wrote a few jokes for him, and I worked with him a bunch of times. God,
0: yeah. that's so cool. I, I just saw him a few times when he would stumble into the yeah. Laugh Factory. It was, like, when I first moved out here, uh, 99, early 2000s. So it was full-on, like, he felt like he rolled out of bed and stumbled yeah, into yeah. the comedy store it, it or, so or the Laugh know. Factory. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, it wasn't in the bathroom. Like, I've heard some of those stories of him backstage, but it was totally yeah. the pajama top kind of thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We'd, we'd graduated from Hawaiian shirts to kind of just wearing house clothes.
1: I think at that point, like, if you put anything on, it's about us.
0: Oh, God, he was a. Oh, I'll tell you. <laughs> it wasn't even his material that was so funny. It was him. <laughs> it was the character that was Rodney.
1: For, I, for me, anyway. Only know him from that movie, Ladybugs. With Jonathan Brandis, <laughs> Where he's coaching the girls' soccer team yeah. and the kids in drag. Jonathan That's Brandis hilarious. is the only movie I've ever seen him in
0: a It's such a shame to me because that brings up so many fond memories because that movie is hilarious. It really is a great movie. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: but it's such a, 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 a bummer of situations because the, Jonathan Brandis is wonderful in that movie. And he was such a talented kid. But then he ended up, I think he committed suicide, didn't he? I think so. When he was on that Sequest DSV show. So talented. You never know what people are going through. Is one, why I tell all my friends I love them and give them a hug every time if I can see them. And two, why you have to live like you could die today. Not tomorrow. Today, folks. It could happen today. It could happen on your way home. You know, nobody thinks of that. Like, oh, you could die tomorrow.
1: Yeah. Right now. Could Any minute. Right now. Any minute.
0: And guess what? It's always a surprise. <laughs> 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 you almost never see it coming. Uh, not many people wake up. Oh, I had this happen to one me time, one time in my whole life, and I was so freaked out and convinced that I was going to die that day. I woke up first thing in the morning, super early one day, and that uh, American Pie song was in my head. Bye-bye, uh, uh, Miss Dollar American Pie. Pi. Yeah, this will be the day that I die. And I was like, whoop, better tell everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so much for superstitions. Uh, Rodney, Rodney Stewart, no, Rod Stewart, Rodney, we're talking about Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> <laughs> Charisma, you're hilarious. I don't know if you were serious or not, but my goodness. Uh, Rodney Dangerfield, you know, oh, I tell you, I got no respect. That's hilarious. Sometimes I never know what they're talking about because they have their own conversations as well. So sometimes it's not even any of my business. <laughs> Some guy in a 997. Some guy in a 997, are you coming to a GBBC tomorrow because I have... Uh, news on the cars and comedy situation um, and I want to share and it's really good and I'm really excited about it. I had a great call today. In fact, I was on the phone all fucking day today. Excuse my language. I heard you. I can't stand being on the phone room. ever. Was... I started by texting him at 7.30 in the morning so he called me straight at 9. <laughs> the moment it was, <laughs> the moment it's like acceptable to call. So we started together and then, and then it was just work stuff all day long. Great things. Great things. But like...
1: It's a lot. It takes a lot of I'm not good on the phone you seem good on the phone if that means anything
0: it does and i really appreciate it but that's kind of what i mean it takes a lot out of me to pretend i'm good on the phone
1: yeah i remember that
0: the truth is i'm pacing all around thinking about 16 other things and you know what i mean feeding the cat doing all the house chores and everything else
1: you sound like how I was when I used to have an office. It was like a headset connected to the desk, but I could walk that far. Oh, I,
0: I had one of that. Oh, we threw that shit out when we moved here. Those fr- Hi, I'm a time-life operator. You remember the, hi, I'm Wendy, and I'm a time-life
1: operator? Yep. It was like that, and I just... Nobody
0: would, would get... You're the, the only audience of one right here is the only one who even gets that joke. Do you remember those time-life operators?
2: Oh, of course, with the headset. Was yes! The
0: headset. Yeah. The, right, so nowadays I'd have to say Britney Spears, but even that's a 20-year-old 20, 20 reference. Yeah. yeah. 23 years old. Gee whiz. Oh, Christ. When did I become the old guy on the internet? World. <laughs> Forever Young. I love that movie, Forever Young, Carissable. Uh, the great J.J. Abrams actually wrote that. Most people don't know because he wasn't famous yet. I
2: did not
0: know that. Or at least did it pass, but he's got the credit. Yeah, he's got the credit. Uh, f- another one too. Another one of my favorites from the same time frame. Harrison Ford, um, where he gets shot in the head and becomes a better oh, person. Great. Regarding Henry.
1: Regarding Henry. Great. Also great. him. Great. Wow. That's him.
0: J.J. Abrams, yeah, and people oh, you know so nowadays good. from Lost and Star Wars <laughs> and everything else. I forget he took over the Star Trek, Star Wars but back in the day yeah oh and also Armageddon he did a pass on Armageddon
1: he did mm-hmm. I was just about to say he does really deep writing so I can pick like two scenes of my Armageddon but I was
0: gonna say I bet he brought the smart to that movie because I... that smart of, of all of those movies there is a lot of technical mumbo jumbo that makes sense in there yeah and he's got the brain for that he's so smart he was so smart then and he was so stinking nice <laughs> God, I don't know I don't know why we're talking about J.K. Abrams it was not intentional <laughs> not intentional why do we, Oh, forever young—that's how it started. Thanks a lot, Carissable. Get Jay on a tangent and woo! Blow your whistle. Gee whiz! Um, Alejandro Garcia is here. Andrew J. Donnelly, Brian Esquire. Mm-hmm. Some new, some new people. Some new people, and they brought their lawyers. Holy crap! Uh, so the eleven eleven of it all. I don't know. I was very excited for all of this period, and I've and I've taken the time. And uh, anything I saw or read said to take the time to do whatever you need at this time. Like uh, don't be afraid to cocoon or whatever.
1: I'm glad you did.
0: I haven't it's been on social media nearly as much.
1: Good. It's it's a time to just pay attention to yourself and take time for yourself. So if you've done that, that's awesome.
0: I mean, we're both. You know it. <laughs> It helps it hurts that we're stuck within these four walls all the time, pretty much. Um, Living and working from home is is a blessing and a curse. It's great now because of your situation. You know what I mean? What the hell else could we do? Um, But you do sort of lose concept of, like, stuff. And uh, one thing it is nice, though, it gives us a lot of time for self-care. You know, there's a yes. lot of, we're not commuting someplace. We're not, uh, it doesn't matter if we don't take a shower till 10 or 11 in the morning. You know what I mean? You can kind of sort of write your own schedule, which is nice. And uh, with that, self-care, a lot of meditation. Good. No, you too.
1: I am redoing, yes, I do too.
0: You do a lot of that. That's great. Uh, I got a new phone. <laughs> I ordered a new phone. I didn't want one. I didn't ask for it, but uh, I paid my bill and it said, uh, you know, you're eligible for an upgrade or something like that. And so it said the whole thing, and it says the, the new version of mine is the iPhone 13 Max Pro, Pro Max. <laughs> Everything's a penis medication now. you, know, <laughs> you notice that? <laughs> whatever, okay. that one. So, and, and, then, and, and so it says, okay, great. And, you know, you order it here, and you send your old one back. No, you don't even need to send your old one back. You send your old one back, whatever it is. And, uh, and then it'll be here next week. And I said, oh, that's fine and great. But now that you got me thinking about a new phone, like I want it in my hand. So I'll just go to the AT&T store. So I went down to the AT&T store of which there are many still i was kind of surprised by that because i heard they closed like half of them there were two within two miles of here but sorry six within two miles of here two on our street
1: (laughs) that sounds crazy
0: so i went over there and uh the front was all boarded up because apparently somebody had broken in that morning and stolen all their inventory and i said well geez i was here to get a new phone so maybe today isn't the day and he goes no no no, we got stuff we got we've got another shipment from another store whatever what do you need and I said, well, I got this email and whatever. So I started doing it. Can you do this deal that's on my phone right here? And he goes, yeah, do you know what you want? And I was like, yeah, the, it says I get the 13 Max or whatever, Max Pro, Pro Max, a long, extra long, jumbo size, Magnum. I want the Magnum. Give me the Magnum. Um, and he goes, oh, nobody's got that. And I was like, oh, what? And he goes, no, we don't have that. Nobody's got that. And he goes, they got to order it. No matter where you go, you got to order it. And I was like, oh, well, the thing said to order it, but it would just come in next week. And he's like, yeah, I can do it for you here. It'll be exactly the same. And I was like, really? Like, no benefit? He goes, well, if there's anything wrong with it, you can come back to me instead of sending it back to them. So that's, like, nice. But otherwise, it's exactly the same. (laughs) And I was like, so if I go home, like, I'll just have more time to, like, make my choices and pick out my stuff, whatever. He's like, basically. I was like, you're awesome. Have a good one. If I ever need anything, you're my guy. And he was like, take care. Really nice Porsche, by the way. And I was like, (laughs) all right. So anyway, I came home and ordered the phone. And it said a week or two before it might ship or whatever. That was yesterday uh it shipped before the show so i guess new phone tomorrow i don't know why i'm telling all you that i'm excited about the camera it's supposed to be the camera's better once it said oh you're eligible for the whatever look at this thing the camera's supposed to be better and i actually care a lot about that <laughs> i don't care about anything else none of the apps take all that off but i like the few <laughs> things that i really like about it and a good camera is solid for me it's and if they deal. can make the one that i've got now even better i gotta see that
1: it's pretty good
0: so getting a new camera <laughs> oh that Porsche girl she's got it and she goes you'll love it yeah what kind of phone does Gabe Abelson have I bet it's an old flip phone he's too cheap to buy a new fancy phone I bet he has one of the phones you can get from AARP One <laughs> of your friends is on <laughs> that's from uh, Schneidfeld oh that's friend funny. of yours that friend of yours by Schneidfeld
2: yeah John Schneider
0: from Dukes of Hazard?
2: no Oh, Different. I, Bo Duke?
0: That would be amazing. <laughs> well, Bo Duke he, watches our show? He's
2: still amazing, but I...
0: I is he a mentalist? can't
2: give up his anonymity now. Oh, we can't. Oh, shit. But I don't okay. think so. Probably
0: not. Is Is he a friend of yours, though? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he's
2: a producer,
0: manager. Oh, very cool. Well, but, but, yeah. I hope you like what we're doing here, because we're looking for a manager. Uh, me too. That's all I care about, says Carissabel. Do headshots for me when you get the 13. Oh, I'll do that for you now, brother. I'm... I hide it, but I'm actually a really good photographer. My dad was a professional <laughs> commercial photographer. He shot for like, his company shot for like general foods and, and stuff, like Kraft, he did Snuggle. He did major stuff. He, in fact, I, I, uh, every year on, I forget what anniversary it is, but whenever it pops up on my Facebook memory, I like to post that picture where he was shooting, it was a cigarette ad, which is ironic because he died of lung cancer from smoking, but he was shooting a cigarette ad and uh, it was a guy, a woman and a, a man and a woman and a whatever the fuck in his scene or whatever. And uh, but the male model didn't show up the guy didn't show up, so it 's just the girl and whatever and instead of shooting it because it was a whatever they had set up, it didn 't make sense. My dad did it, so he stood in and shot the ad, and it went you know it was national I for for New, Newport cigarettes remember newport cigarettes
1: yeah I love stories like that those, I love that he was one of those guys that thought had the box to do that
0: yeah it 's one of the reasons I it's one of the reasons my connection to Jeff Swart doesn't make sense to other people, like the fact that I just I admire him so much and I I <laughs> to the point where like I I almost I don't want to talk to him because like I, he he's on a pedestal for me because my dad died when I was 18 and 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 it th- th- they're similar. Jeff Zwart is far more accomplished than my dad ever was, but they did the same type of work and they had the same type of eye and same type of general <laughs> frequency, vibration, whatever it is. Yeah, whatever that is whatever that whatever is, that is. It right <laughs> but do, do you know what i mean that just yeah. the way someone carries themselves whatever that is je ne sais quoi <laughs> 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 all right i've talked enough uh how are you feeling today i know the answer but tell everybody else what's going on with you
1: fine from the waist up
0: are you fine from the waist up
1: i'm, I'm very disconnected the last couple of days and i finally have tightened it up so
0: Tradecraft Thursday, totally forgot. This is your one from the other day. It's still Skywalker OG. It's a good one. And that is the Deep Space. Mood is Deep Space from the Sticky Vape premium cannabis oil company. And in case you have forgotten, I want to remind you that Sticky Vape moved in across the street over there downtown in the Arts District, and they couldn't be happier. Mm -hmm. So by all means, go check out Sticky Vape as well as Tradecraft Farms, their parent company and uh, go support our sponsors because they keep her running quite frankly if you weren't if you didn't have if you didn't have this type of medicine uh i don't know what you would be doing i mean would you just be like a uh oh, she's a claw you just turn into a what
1: would you, how would it be for you like a very it claws a good description but um
0: like you seize up Oil can, I, yeah,
1: oil can. I, I get really tight. You know the Angiotti's photos, of the babies that are all folded over. I'm just like that, but compact and hard. So uh, rigid. That's the word. Yeah. Yeah, it's not fun.
0: No, that's not fun. So again, the smile <laughs> and the laughter. <laughs> Jay stopped the GBBC to take a pic because it was RO. G B I V. Holy crap! Go ahead. Tell me what that means. Jay stopped a G V B C to take a pick because it was R O. <laughs> I can't figure it out. Help me. Oh, he's right. He's right. You're exactly right. Uh, but it, 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 he's trying to say red R G B. It was all the primaries, including yeah. All right. So red. He did orange, I think I don't know if there was orange in it, but yellow, green, blue, and it was there was black and white, too. no, you're totally right. I posted that the other day. I, I love that photo with and the blue, it happens to be a Honda fit, and I don't care. nobody cares. It's great. Uh, tell us tell, talk about the sponsors and get Gabe in here. Can yeah we do that okay,, yep, yep, yep. sorry, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Woo, let's all take a breather, shall we? Take a, take, take some nice deep breaths. <laughs> I'm really excited to get Gabe in here because whenever he's here, I have a lot of fun. <clears throat> so he brought stuff, and we're gonna have. There's gonna be visual aids, and we're gonna do some mentalism. I can't wait. They say, <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> all that separates men and boys is the coverage for their toys. In this case, we're talking about automobile coverage and the toys. In this case, also, we're going to expand that to the garages that those toys are in and the businesses that support all those toys and collections. Uh, St. Clair Insurance has has coverage for all of your needs. In fact, they shop top providers, so you get the best coverage, period. If I were you, I'd check out Jeff St. Clair and St. Clair Insurance by going to (laughs) coverageforyourtoys.com. Coverageforyourtoys.com.
1: Coverageforyourtoys.com.
0: Also, I got to tell you, it is my pleasure. It's my pleasure freaking pleasure to tell you that the best bubbles in the world are made by Bubble Tree, um, the American bubble (laughs) company. screw that up. Also, if your Porsche needs some TLC, come on home to TLG. TLG, come on home. (laughs) That's the truth. And because our friends at Auto Kennel are our friends at Auto Kennel, Shop Smart better call Paul at the Auto Kennel. Also follow all those guys on the Instagram because um, they've all got great pages. Post wonderful stuff. And lastly, on behalf of Nicole Ryan, this is Jay Ryan from Late Night Playset reminding you to please like, subscribe, and comment below. This feeds the internet algorithm and eventually us as well. Be a pal. Like, subscribe, and comment below because it will be fire. Fire. The smoke denotes the fire that it will be when you are commenting for Nicole. You're feeding the algorithm for Nicole. Look how skinny she is. She needs the algorithm, bad. <laughs> Feed the algorithm. <laughs> Not Neck is here, but it's K N
1: <laughs>
0: And Cologne One is here. All the cars were perfect colors. Hey, oh. All right. Uh, we're gonna do a quick break. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Listen to these words from our friends <laughs> at Oso oh Delicious Hot Sauce, the hot sauce made by bears. And when we come back. <gasps> Comedy, late night writer, uh, comedian his own self, and for goodness sake, our good friend uh, and mentalist, <laughs> and the amazing mentalist, Gabe Abelson is going to be sitting in that chair. We'll be back right after this oh-so-delicious hot sauce. Go support Jordan Brady and his hot sauce. Do you know Jordan Brady? Yeah. This is his hot sauce.
2: No kidding. Re-
0: kid, not, no kidding. <laughs> See you in a few minutes.
1: Oh so delicious, it's a hot sauce made by bears Garlic and serrano, mixed with love and care You can put it on your eggs, pour it on your rice It's great on a leg, it's better on a slice It's oh so delicious, it's a hot sauce made by bears Oh So Delicious hot sauce, great on everything except
2: oatmeal. Get your bottle today at osodelicious.org. One dollar from every bottle sold goes to the National Military Family Association.
0: What are you driving today? (laughs) 63-356-B. What are you driving today? Here we go. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, this is fun, David. Thumbs up for sure. This just proves that you don't have to go fast to have fun. You don't have to go fast. Can you see my smile already? okay, I'm impressed. You don't need to stick
1: it, he's already got it.
0: <laughs> my car's gonna feel slow as balls after this, I'll tell you that. Sorry about that, everybody. I know you were over here the whole time. I'm like, Whatever. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm just looking at the Instagram audience. They're like, we can see you. <laughs> uh. With that, we are back with our friend Gabe Abelson. And Gabe was very concerned with what his camera is. So I'm going to show him right now before we do anything else. It's going to be this. How is this? And you said you want uh, to. Where do we, we? We. There was something you don't want to see. So
2: I like that camera. And that. That's- Yeah, oh, that camera is the one that's on. And I was just admiring my profile. Okay. (laughs) But you you wanted to... That's fine. That's good. It's okay? I like that camera. It's perfect. All right.
0: We'll get this out of here so
2: we can see each other. Oh, you didn't have to redecorate. We'll
0: hang out over here. Yeah, this is good stuff. Except Instagram, you need them... uh, Is this okay for you? That's perfect. Even better. Perfect. Even better. I'm concerned because we have mentalism going on here, folks. We have to be uh, concerned with camera angles and things like that something mental <laughs> <laughs> all right my good friend gabe abelson is here gabe abelson everybody welcome gabe abelson thank you hello him. my friends welcome back brother
2: oh, wow. it's so good to see
0: both again. i would have tried to shake his hand but he said not to because he wants to play a game up front so let me get rid of this echo and now we are go- oh here we go when you need a microphone a mic yeah there
2: you go if that's is not that, your way that, it's good is yeah. that good yeah okay yeah so i uh have a little game, a little gambit. I can't wait. So we're starting with a game. Starting with a quick game. A what do you qu- need? An easy way for you to make a hundred bucks. <laughs> okay. Maybe. I, could, I could use it. Let's I'm do gonna it. try and keep my hundred bucks, but you're gonna try and take it from me. Okay. And all I have is my language, my words, and words and nonverbal communication. Okay. Body language. So one of these contains a hundred dollars. If you pick the right envelope, you get to keep the hundred dollars. You know, I get to keep it. Okay. But,
0: That's so, a hell of a game. Well, yeah. 50-50, it, right?
2: It's 50-50. But and, I, and I take your word for it that I'd one rather of them does lose. indeed
0: contain $100. We don't need to check. We'll pr- I, we, we will prove tr- We trust each other. Okay. We
2: will check. Um, now, this one, obviously, I'm hold, holding closer to you, so you might think, oh, I hadn't okay, noticed. he wants me to take hadn't that. Noticed. Yeah, yeah. See, I'm very subtle with this. But it's <laughs> that way intentionally, potentially, maybe not. It could be in here. It could be in here. Maybe it is in here. And I'm making it so obvious because I know you're not going to pick that. Inconceivable. That's what I'm co-
0: imagining. <laughs> you think that <laughs> <didn't> I guess? Yes.
2: <laughs> Inconceivable. Okay. Yeah. Wallace Shawn. The great Wallace Shawn. The great Wallace Shawn. Dinner, my dinner with Andre. I saw that the other day for the first time in like 30 years. I haven't seen it since back then. Since the 90s or whatever. Is it still yeah. good? Yeah. It still holds up. That's yep. great. Um, back to your game. So back to the game. One of these contains a hundred dollars. You will be able to inspect both. And one of them. does. Yeah, I know. Surprising. Whoa. Um, And one of them does not. So do you want this one or do you want this one?
0: I don't know. Do I have to pick right now? 50, 50. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Uh, Boy, it's tough. I guess I would go with this one. I'll give you one opportunity to change your mind.
0: I'm not going to take it.
2: (laughs) this is the one you want yeah without a doubt yeah okay so take that okay and make sure i don't change anything i'm i'm holding this right here take take out the contents and what does it say
0: you should have picked the other envelope that's the one with hundred dollars right.
2: watch watch going in carefully $100 <laughs> empty, oh i see it empty. plain as day empty. plain as day yeah
0: that's amazing so i get to keep it that's amazing that's amazing it's so, a,
2: amazing and a little obnoxious as well. Not to <laughs> me, not to me. I love it.
0: Now, do you get? You probably take this back too, even though I think that's a cool souvenir for the person who didn't get the hundred dollars they have. But um, uh, <laughs> um, is that the type of thing where, like, how much of that is? Is it? Is this human behavior? Is it based on, or are there so many factors that I you can't even put it down on one thing? I'm curious if. What that struck me as, the fact that you... Here, I'm going to rewind everything. You want me to collect my thoughts and before I speak, sure, I'm going to do that. That reminded me of Let's Make a Deal. And the beauty yes. of Let's Make a Deal was that there was a mathematic equation to it where if I give you an option and then I give you a chance to cho- to change that option, like human behavior supposedly would then usually go with the, oh, I'm going to change that option because you gave
2: me another choice.
0: Is there any truth to that?
2: Or is- you This is something we could talk the rest of the show about and okay. still not settle. Okay. One of the most famous... Um, uh, uh, problems is called the the Monty Hall problem. Let's make a deal problem. It's a, a statistical thing. And what's so interesting is even top mathematicians disagree about this. Monty Hall shows you three doors. Behind number behind one there's a car. There are donkeys behind the other two. Right. So you say door number three. So he has to say to you, would you like to change your mind to another door? So the question is, do you increase your odds by changing That's or sticking right. with the one you have? And like I said, even mathematicians disagree on this. My instinct is that if you change, you're more likely to win because the ch- you're more likely to lose in one out of three. So now...
0: Now it's you're narrowing it
2: down each yes, time. But a lot of mathematicians will say, no, the odds don't change. They are what they are. So you're just as likely to because, get it the because first Because they time. don't
0: expose the first one. It's not really... It exactly. doesn't actually go to three to two Right? It right. Doesn't actually, the odds don't actually change. In fact, they would increase. Don't they multiply? You or would this think is so. The, this you would think the theory so. that people are. So
2: with. one illustration is, think of it as 100 doors, and behind one of them is a new car. So if you say door 72, are you going to be more likely to switch? Then it seems more obvious that you probably would be more likely to win it if you switch. Yeah. So it's the same thing except with more doors. an interesting problem because it's seemingly... It seems so simple. Seems so simple.
0: It's amazing how that game show, that three door game show uh, uh, f- formatting, really still works to this day. T- I mean, Price is Right is still the same thing, even yeah. though it's not uh, uh, options. They do actually some of the games are exactly that, where you do actually have to do the same thing. Yep. Let's make a deal is 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 on the air still though, or again, isn't it?
2: Uh, it was. I don't know if it still is. It might be. Yeah. Not sure.
0: Fremantle. I think it's Fremantle, Fremantle.
2: now. Fremantle. <laughs> wow.
0: That was Wayne a big Brady buy. was doing it for a while. Yeah. Yep. Monty Hall for me, though. Do you still watch old television? Like, we watch YouTube and watch old television on YouTube because it's what's comforting to us. Yeah. Old folks. I
2: watch a lot of stuff, especially a lot of old Tonight shows, a lot of old Carson shows.
0: Same. And that Don Giller's got the old Letterman channel, which is just amazing. Yep. Do you spend any time there? Yes, I do. That's a rabbit hole for me.
2: Meaning to contact him. We've never spoken. I would love to talk to him sometime.
0: He would love to talk to you, and I'm sure he'll return your own thing. But if you need an invite or a, an invite, <laughs> if you need an intro, I'd be more than happy to make it. Um, I, f- you know, he's he's doing more than he's ever done before. Not to make this about that, but um, like the content he's putting up is just amazing now, and he's got the yeah. support of everybody from worldwide pants and beyond, even Carson or. Jeff Sossinger or whatever the Carson production is.
2: Yeah, I guess he has a lot of stuff CBS does not. Apparently. Yeah.
0: Apparently, isn't that funny how the fan be- eventually becomes the library, the lending yeah. library to every- he was what do you call it? What do you when you get to uh subpoenaed. He was subpoenaed during when when Trump was still in office during the whole uh there was something that apparently they talked about on Letterman uh, or somebody talked about on Letterman about Trump and whatever the fuck they went to him to get the footage for the trial, and he, and he had to— Wow. He, I mean, he didn't have—whatever. I mean, he chose to simply, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know, play by the rules. <laughs> I don't know. Cooperate is yeah. probably the best word. Yeah. Uh, it's fascinating, the, the turn of things. I feel really old, but somehow they're, they're, the relevance is not waning. Like, Letterman hasn't gone away, even though he's not on the air anymore. Nope. Leno hasn't gone away, even though he's not on the air anymore. Nope. Everyone's still talking about how those guys in that generation, everyone misses it.
2: Jay's as visible as ever, and he's got the new You Bet Your Life coming up. Yeah. Yep. Have you seen any of those? I have not. Perfect gig for him, though. Agree, yeah. except that schedule Blue. Oh, he, he was telling me. Six, 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 yeah, a six a day for 12 weeks. Yeah. Which is pretty standard, actually, for, for game shows. Oh, that's way more the than host. I remember, yeah. Yeah.
0: I guess that's the syndicated thing. You just got to blow them all out as often as possible, as, as quickly as possible. But Kira Seltanovich was with him and uh, mm-hmm. Kevin Eubanks, mm-hmm. too. So they yeah. had the whole band back together. It was kind of yeah. cool.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: You've known Jay for a long time.
2: Uh, since '04.
0: Was that when you started working on the yeah, show? Yeah, Tonight
2: Show. Yeah. Is that how you, how did you get the job then? Just. Um, I had actually just, uh, oops, did I? No, you, it's well, a lazy Susan. Kind you of fun. that wherever you want it. <laughs> that's nice. Adjust it live. Can I check my email? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I, st- w- what happened was I had, um, I had just created a show, a pilot that I didn't know would go to air, but then not only did it go to air, it lasted six seasons. mind of Um, with Carlos. Uh, co-created that with Morty. Oh, my God. Morty. Worked with Morty, goodness, Worked no with Morty on that. And so... While that, just as that was greenlit, I got a call from The Tonight Show asking if I wanted to, you know, uh, do a gig there. And it was, um, and, uh, you know, I, how do you say no? So I said yes to to the The Tonight Tonight Show. Show. No, I don't think you do say no. Yeah, I don't think you can. I mean,
0: yeah, if you're in this business, that's still something.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Do you watch The Fallon one? Sure. Yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. I enjoy it. Yeah. I see what people are saying, I see what critics say, but I still find it very, very palatable and enjoyable. Yep. and then they got this new kids' tonight show out now. I don't know if you've seen that yet. No, I haven't. So, oh, it's really it's really entertaining. Huh. Although the only thing is, I can't figure out why Jimmy Fallon doesn't just host that one too because he's kind of, he's almost better. <laughs> <laughs> he was the first guest, and he kind of took over. And I was like, this is really fun with Jimmy Fallon. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they started a kids' tonight show across the hall in our old Studio Six A, the old Letterman yeah, studio yeah. and Conan studio.
2: That's very cool. Yeah, I think I I think Jimmy, you know, I really give him props for figuring out how to hold the Tonight Show audience. Um, you know, using all his talents, his acting talent, musical Mm. talent, impressions, all of that stuff. I think because The Tonight Show has always been an older audience, I think it Mm. making it sort of a variety, throwback variety show makes it more appealing than, you know, because as much as the whole J-Dave thing, I think if Dave had taken over The Tonight Show, it still would have been The Letterman Show. Yeah, I agree with that. You you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. well when he host when he used to guest host the Tonight Show, it was a totally different tone. We're sitting at the same yeah. set and there's yeah. Doc and there's Freddie, but like it was a such a different tone.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And and I think a really older generation, like my parents, um, they're very smart. I mean, they're philosophy professors. They just, you know, they love Jay. They just did not Get Jay. My father would say, I can see that Letterman is a brilliant man, but I'm just it's not for me. I think that generation, if I can say that insulting an entire generation, <laughs> is uh missing that sort of irreverence gene to tap into that kind of humor.
0: Yeah. And Jay was very palatable. Right. Yeah. As is Jimmy. Very yeah. much so. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting to watch everybody do their own take on it, especially now that there are so many this is like a resurgence of the nineties. Remember nineties when Everybody had a, there was a daytime show, everybody had a nighttime show, yep. CNBC became the talk show network, all of that crazy shit. Yep. I feel like because of podcasts and then cable and <laughs> the internet, streamers, everything else, I feel like we're in that again, where you want a show, everybody gets a show. Who wants a show?
2: <laughs>
0: and uh, and some of them are really good, and some of them are just like, wow, well, this, this is interesting, because they're really talented, but like it's just not the medium for them, yeah. you know? Yeah. Some people are like, oh, I can host a podcast because I want a podcast and that's fun. It's like, but there's a, there's a whole
2: freaking art to yeah. like
0: hosting somebody, good yeah. or bad. Like there's a whole thing to it, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. And there, absolutely. I mean, it's like when, when comics, you know, say to me, oh, I, I put a packet, to, a late night packet together. It's like, no, I, you know, even if you, and I have had comics that have been doing this for 30 years that just really couldn't get the hang of monologue writing. And then like a lawyer or a CPA will come into the class and they'll get it because it's almost very mathematical uh-huh. and formulaic, which if you're a stand-up, formulaic means you're a hack. But in late night, you have to follow these certain structures. You there hear are parameters. The phraseology is the same for a reason. It's what works, you know. Is it, is it, is it's it, a new language to what learn. What the hell is that all
0: about? Why is – I agree with you. So what is that? Is that that people are – Like in the old days, it used to be that oh you're up at late at night and that's a different psyche and all that stuff. People watch shit whenever the fuck now, but still this type of format has to have a certain
2: bite to it. What's that all about? Why? Who gave us that? Well, I think Letterman. I think uh, if you really go back, I think Steve Allen and Jack Parr. Because I think it's been sixty years, and that's why I don't know how much longer the standard talk show format is going to hold up. But but for 60 years it's been monologue you know earlier today it, nothing personal about the host dave was the one guy and ferguson did some more personal stuff but well, most par in the
0: old days was very and personal par,
2: and par uh, is looking outward and observing the world around you Whereas stand up is almost an opposite art of telling jokes because it's mm-hmm. all internal mm-hmm. what you're afraid of what you love what you hate and so bearing your soul peeling back the you know layers um, so one is very internal, the other is external, and they're, and stand up, there's no rules, no structure, and there shouldn't be, but late night is learning a whole new language, even if you're a stand up.
0: That is so wild. I don't, yeah. well, I, I don't think of it in my own right, and, or in, on my own, and you teach a class. You, 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 not, <laughs> you not only teach a class, you are like the guy who teaches the class. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> on this type of uh, <laughs> writing. Um, so you're obviously way more versed than most people even that do it professionally. Uh, you teach people how to do it. You educate people how to do it and the nuance of it all. Uh, what the hell do you know that that other people don't? How did you – is it from experience? Is well, it that you crack the code? Like what's your deal? Why are you so good at it?
2: Um, well, first, I've been, I've been teaching comedy writing for 37 years since way before I had a right to do it when I was in my 20s. I've been deconstructing it for decades and for three decades – when I'm able to, I, I teach privately and I teach at Flapper's Comedy Club here, the uh, advanced writing for late night class. And so, really, it's just being an old fuck. <laughs> 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 because I wish there had been a guy like me, again, not because of any God-given knowledge, but just experience and having worked behind the scenes at talk shows for so many years that could have told me, no, don't do this. No, the, a joke better be three lines or less on the page, even if Dave makes it 30 seconds. You know, Um Put the essential information at the end of the setup. Don't say, you know, uh, President Biden met with Kim Jong-un earlier today at the Imperial Palace. No. It's early today. It's earlier today at the Imperial Palace, yep, you know, yep, because the yep. essential information has to come last because the punch word has to come at the very end of the punchline. It's got to be like going up the roller coaster and then the bottom has to drop down. And the problem is a lot of people that do this, that are comics especially, we're used to trying to write funny punchlines. And that's not the way to write late night. Is not to write – is. is to make yourself not try and write funny punchlines, but to find associations between what Joe Toplin uh, calls handles, uh, which are – can I give an example? Please. Quick example? Okay. Oh, my
0: God. I'm, I, please,
2: please. So I this need is to a, learn from you. This is a joke that Letterman did, and I apologize for it because we all feel bad about the Monica jokes, but I use this because it illustrates it Must be a Leminski. Leminski's procedure. coming up. <laughs> Uh, Lewinsky's coming up. Um, So when Clinton got caught, a few months after he got caught, he hired two spiritual advisors to come and pray with him in the White House. And I thought, you know, this is just a typical empty gesture of contrition. And so I said, I got to write a joke on this. So now what do I mean about finding the handles? I know that joke is going to end up with the sex act in the Oval Office. So what am I going to connect that to? Well, the other thing in the setup is the spiritual advisors. Because a setup is always just a simple factual statement based on the news. The other thing have to learn is just very simple
0: but the setup is the nugget that the audience it's the premise right it's the premise yeah
2: but you can't have too much information in it like a lot of writers that start writing monologue will have 70 percent of 18 year olds uh, Uh, i'm I'm gone. i've checked out out. out. me too so the setup was right out of the news i said president clinton hired two spiritual advisors to come and pray with him every week great just we need more people in the oval office on their knees so that's great,
0: because you do the joke without even having to do the
2: joke. Didn't say I was proud of it. No, but that's uh, still good. But, but the way that joke gets written is the process, that is using the process. So instead of trying to think of a funny way to say something, I think spiritual advisors, how can that tie in with Monica doing what she did in Clinton? And I think, okay, they wear robes. Monica's blue dress had the stain. Maybe that was it. No, not quite close enough. A wine, away from no, confessional. Maybe there's a confession. No, they pray. They're on their knees. That's the light bulb going off above your head. So it's going through... Finding the
0: common denominator on that one. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's going through, again, dating myself, a a mental Rolodex. (laughs) (laughs) Hey-oh! Going through that mental Rolodex of everything that I associate with spiritual advisors and see where it intersects with the Lewinsky scandal. Right. And once you find that... You haven't tried to write something funny, then the joke basically writes itself. Exactly. You're just you simply
0: it. plug it into your framework that you've already proved works. Yep. So it's all about cross-referencing. Oh my god, it's so amazing! It's so amazing when it's done. I mean, there's such a difference between the good stuff and the mediocre stuff. There really. I'm not talking about anybody or anything. I'm just right, saying right. the stuff that works and the stuff that passes is um, different. Yes. And I I can't believe that it's I, it's it's you with, when you explain it it sounds so simple oh well how come everybody doesn't just understand that all of a sudden and it's then so d- and then do
2: it it's so incredibly hard um, also knowing because it's the most concise form of joke writing you know and stand up and Andrew oh. and Nora may not make the difference between a joke killing because half of it is you there's no you. When you submit to a show, that joke has to be twice as strong as a stand-up joke. Mm. It's got to jump off the page. So that's why, you know, the the massaging of it so that there's this giant surprise at the end is what's going to pop off the page. You know, you don't – in stand-up, you have your persona to, to sell a joke. So – like one of the things I loved about Dave is if he liked a holiday joke, he would do it every year on that holiday. So oh. I knew it was one less joke I had to write. Uh. No, I, but even as fans, we all sort of appreciated that. Yeah, because you, he was you the type of guy
0: it. who sort of seemed like he doesn't normally like this type of thing. So if he likes this one, we're going to do it every year, and it's going to yeah. become a tradition. And that's what that show was all about. Yes. Yep. It rewarded the people who continued who were- to watch.
2: The constant viewers. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yes. We all got those little nuggets. And everybody else got a show. Yeah. But, but but the people who really knew all the nuance and the ins and outs of it and who Rupert was and who all the different you know players and all the exactly. ins and outs and the staff members and what their names were and remembered them from years past because then all of a sudden somebody says something and it's a callback that only you get. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, God, Don's doing a Pete Fadovich thing right now. And I don't know. He was oh, yeah, still sure. there when you were there, I'm sure, right? Yep. Associate director, I think, was his uh, title. He was just such a great guy who made it into so many different things. It's a prime example of what I'm talking about. Just running gags that don't even make sense sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Let alone a holiday joke that is a good joke.
2: Right, right. It was actually it was a yeah well that's right I one he did every Christmas and one he did every Halloween yep. the Halloween one was a Halloween in Greenwich Village and the West Village is something to see only on Halloween in the Village can you see a man in high heels and a dress on his way to pick up a costume. <laughs> it's just that last word you know and then the the Christmas one which I'll also apologize for beforehand uh, is uh, oh it's expensive to buy a Christmas tree in New York you know it's a hundred dollars and then it's an extra 50 if you want to tie it to the roof of your car oh no wait I'm sorry that's the deal on a hooker (laughs) which which Dave was always he was big with the oh no no no, wait I'm sorry that's that's this and again it's the construction it's the framework that you know is used
0: Uh, At NBC in the old days, it was always Times Square jokes. And the movie in Times Square was always, you know, if you're in town and you're blah, 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 and you want to go see the movie, whatever, (laughs) it's probably not what you're thinking of. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Oh, God. So when you were,
0: oh, go ahead. What were you going to say?
2: I was going to say, when we talked a few days ago, about uh, uh coming on the show and all that. Yeah. Um, I did ask you to do a couple of things, and I asked you to go on. I, I'm sure all your viewers are savvy of this, but uh, I asked you to go on IMDb, which um, if you ever want to know anything about um, somebody in a film or a director or whatever. What's that?
0: It's the envelope with the contents of this, and it's labeled Creskin.:
2: Oh, okay, okay. So I told you just to go look up any movie, Uh, Yeah, you gave me a website. Look Look up up anybody you know. Yep, yep, yep. uh, And 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 you went and and you went and I'm sure you probably um, you probably went and uh, and I said you know search for anyone you want. Probably even better if it's somebody I don't even know. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then I think you you said you were looking at a movie or something or a couple. So. That's been there. I have absolutely no way of doing this. I was in another city, correct, when you did this? I just want to make it clear that...
0: Not in this, correct, another city. We were on the telephone. I wrote this my own self on a blue card. I folded it in half, and I put it in this envelope. You didn't even ask me to do that, but I did it for the sake of
1: exposition.
2: Right, and I never asked you to, to go <laughs> click on anything or anything no, like that. No, you no, just no, 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 okay, no, no. You so. said
0: it was the equivalent. It was the digital equivalent of here. Look at this piece of paper and find blah, blah,
2: blah on it. But I wasn't with you. You did it totally no. no. So I'm just going to, um, uh, I want you to think of what you were looking at. Mm -hmm. I
0: I have it all. I'm locked in.
2: Okay, okay.
0: You want me to think of the, uh, I have, should I say,
2: I have two? Uh, Let me. um, I'll I'll let you run it. uh, (laughs) Let me see. Okay. So. (laughs) Um, am I right though that because I think we talked about looking at a movie and looking up a person or something
0: you're exactly right, but the first time i I tried to do the movie and you said, oh, "All right, I'm not getting it, so you had me do another movie, but they were next to each other, so I still have both movies in my in my own head if you need them but you never and clicked
2: on anything
0: no i don't th- I think you told me specifically not to click on anything
2: e- yeah exactly yep I didn't want any sort of connection to anything, so um I just want you to so you looked at a few movies or a couple movies you were deciding I looked at two a movies. lot I
0: chose two yeah
2: but when you say chose you never clicked on anything you were just looking at something
0: that is correct
2: okay that is correct um, I'm just gonna I'm, I'm gonna write
0: should we tell them what the website was so they know well you said well, I mentioned was it was IMDB oh yeah exactly
2: and you, you it's IMDB is IMDB it's, yeah uh, it was
0: very random um, I mean, it was literally a page with many, 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 many movies on it, many, many genres of movies.
2: I don't know if I'm going to get both movies. Um, um, if you get one of them, I'm going to be impressed. Um, yeah, I, I'm only I'm I'm only picking up one movie.
0: Should I think about it harder? Because um, in my mind, I'm not thinking about them because I wrote them down. I, but I'm, I could think I'm about just, them.
2: Just one movie keeps coming in really strong. Mm. And maybe it's because I think it's like a very, very like major action, kind of violent. Whoa. Okay. Does that make sense? Cause maybe. I think, I, I think I'm. I, I think this one. I I don't know. I I have a feeling these are both well known movies. They were to me. They were to you. Okay. Yeah. I just wrote one down because I don't know what the second one is. Creskin. Uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> um, uh, um, yeah, so I've committed myself already. It's on the other side of this thing.
0: Um, you want me to open up mine? Yeah, yeah. Is that I how don't, you want don't to do. not take
2: out the person that you're thinking of. Just, just the movies. Well, it's, all, it's the, all written on one card. Oh, it's all so written on one. So card. why don't
0: why don't we do it and then I'll okay, sh- open so it to, ex- I'm just gonna, to prove that uh, I'm, I'm not lying. I'm going to
2: take this and leave it with you.
0: Oh, I get this. Yeah. All right. Um, Should I put it down there with that other trash from earlier? Oh, just or there. We, oh, okay. There
2: was good. There was we'll good. Right and then, um, and then you're also thinking of a, a person. Person. And you said it's probably someone that I would not know.
0: I'd be very surprised if you did know her. Whoops.
2: Her. This person. Okay.
0: This person. Sorry, um, I, I just ruined it, didn't I?
2: Well, there's. I think there's probably mil- uh, two million <laughs> people on IMDb. Sure. Um, I did narrow
0: it down a bit though
2: <laughs> but I, but I
0: would say I would be incredibly surprised if you were able you know what I mean if, if there were any type of connection there yeah I, well, I can't see there, it I, I wouldn't see it
2: well again I, I was in another city and you were basically doing nothing I, I, I was just right I mean yeah. you, were, you were doing this on your own
0: but beyond that I just don't even think in the real world outside of that that you would know who this person is
2: so now I have no chance of getting it
0: Guess what I mean is like it's not – well, I shouldn't say this, but it's not like Scarlett Johansson okay. or something like that. Okay. Know? So I have, oh, I, shit, I have a person
2: – um, I'll, I'll tell you what I'm picking up about this person. <laughs>
0: that's amazing. Yeah.
2: Did you see what I wrote? I saw enough of it that it looked pretty fucking right. Because I was – I didn't see the whole here's, thing, here's, but I was like, wow, that looks like it. Here's <laughs> what I'm confused about is the first thing I was getting – I mean, you said it's a woman, but I'm getting a male – character I, I wrote down actually i don't even know she's from a lesbian. this she's if a lesbian
0: it's, you got it she's a lesbian you're
2: right is that true, true? it is true yeah Okay. I, no, I didn't think you would exploit that for
0: no no she's a lesbian <laughs> so maybe there's some male energy on there but, but, but i mean but, but, i don't know but,
2: but i'm getting well that is interesting I, maybe it's that but i'm also getting a male figure that you said she's unknown i'm getting a famous male figure that i think is yeah she's closely associated you've with. got it you've got it i right? can't Am believe I it right? but yes Okay, so here are the. I'm pretty sure you got spyware on my phone now, though. That's the only bummer. <laughs> <laughs> but you never clicked on anything. No, you just, no. You just looked at something. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. You so want this me to is open the up? person. This is the movie. I. Uh, the other movie, for some reason, I'm, I'm not getting the other movie. I'm. I. I don't know if this one is right either. But let's see. Let's see. So you want me to open
0: mine first? Yeah. Yeah. Now. I wrote this and no one was around me. I mean I'm I'm saying this for him. And then I folded it in half and then I put it in this envelope.
2: I didn't even know you No, had I I did until, it this morning. So we were on the show.
0: So do you want me to read this? Do you want me to show it? How do we want to do it? Uh, I can... have three things written on this
2: piece of okay, paper. Okay. So um, what is the first movie?
0: Um, well there are two and one close more closely matches what you said. Should I say that first? Even though yeah. I I wrote it. Say this the time. one
2: you think matches mine. Pulp fiction.
0: Because Open you because you because you said violent and action, okay. Here we go. Okay. Let's so get a nice close up of this here, Pulp Fiction,
2: which <laughs> which was something that you never selected or anything like that. You just went and looked at a whole bunch of stuff yeah, and yeah, thought of one. So it really yeah. only existed in your mind. Uh, yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So this I'm, good, this I'm going to be way off on, I think, but right. I, don't, I don't know. Uh, it, uh, okay, it's a woman. I, um, it's interesting because I was getting the strong male presence, but I think because she's associated with him and he's super famous. That <laughs> yeah, makes sense yeah, to you, you're right? exactly, I tried okay. to do
0: the old switcheroo there. I tried to get you in the back door there. Okay. That's not true. I didn't try to get you in the back door <laughs> there. That's not true.
2: I was just going to ignore Woo! it, but, but thanks for drawing <laughs> attention to it. it.
0: Anyway, um, yeah, do we want to say the celebrity? Because people won't know who this person is.
2: Shoot. I'm not sure who the celebrity is. Who's... Oh, that's amazing. Well, who's... What's, the, what's the woman?
0: Her who's, name who's... is Kali Londano. And with a little til- I put the tilde over there, but it, sh- it doesn't have to be there. So it's Kali Londano. You put that there. It's on there, her name because and I know I've, her personally, but it wouldn't probably it, have been on it wouldn't IMDb. It would have been there,
2: and I've, I have not touched this envelope. I didn't even know you had an envelope, right, until 10 correct. minutes ago yes, when you showed correct. it to me. Open that piece of paper. It's interesting that, we, that you wrote it that way. Very interesting. <laughs>
0: you wrote it exactly the way I did, with the tilde. Oh my God. <laughs> there, there it is, right there. Oh my <laughs> That's, amazing. God. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's amazing. And the last. And and, and 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 just for comparative sake here. Yeah, there you go. You oh know? My god. Can you believe that? There it
1: is. <laughs> I genuinely have no idea how. The other movie was The I Green thought. Mile, by the way. Green
0: Mile. Yeah, okay. I like that Green Mile, and that was actually yeah. the first one. But then Pulp Fiction, that was easy to imprint on. I'm probably pretty sure. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's never hundred <laughs> percent. Wow. I do. I do wow. My best. I do how my fun best. is that? Now, now, yes or no? Before you throw out the envelope. Um, I asked you to think of a drawing Yep. and just confirm this yes or no. I said, I, I want nothing written down. Correct. I said that.
1: You Did actually I say that to you? Yes.
2: Okay. I said that to you. I don't want anything written down. I said, don't, I don't know if I said don't tell anybody, but I don't think you ever said anything to Nicole.
0: You kept me so occupied before the show. I had no opportunity to tell so, anyone anything. So yes or no, this, <laughs> bless, you. this
2: bless you. this, uh, um, Uh, Exists only in your mind right now.
0: Uh, My drawing does.
2: Your drawing. Yeah. Your drawing exists only in your mind. Yeah. Is it something that you could reproduce? Oh yeah. Okay. So I'm going to try and draw it, and I'm going to have you uh, draw it. Um, Okay. Is that okay? Sure. Um, You want a blue card? Yeah, that'd be that'd be great. uh, Blue card'd be good because this probably won't soak through. And there's another Sharpie. And um, are these done with
0: your special Kreskin pens? Is that what's going on here? You Mike? got some sort of crazy mentalist pen? <laughs> Notice uh, he's not letting me use my own. You, wa-
2: uh, you want to use your own No, pen? I, I want to do whatever <laughs> you want. I don't normally
0: sketch in Sharpie, the, but whatever you want. The
2: only reason I did that is so it plays better for the camera.
0: <laughs> he's smart. He's got you, me there. Okay. you want to use a pen? That's no, great. this is... You you, can use your own pen. you got it. Okay.
2: So whatever uh, you do, don't let me see what you're drawing. I'm going to draw... Try and pick up what you're... All right, I'm going to go to a nice wide okay. shot
0: so nobody can see shit here. Okay. We're, we're, what are you doing over there? All right.
2: And try and, right. uh, and like I said, right now, this exists only in your mind, yeah. so, I don't know what, what the hell is that?
0: <laughs> Good luck.
2: This makes no sense to yeah, me. Yeah, if you get this one, I'll be impressed. This makes no sense I to feel me. like Dave
0: with Kreskin, if you get this one, Kreskin, I'll be impressed if you can get this one, Gabe.
2: This I have really no sad. idea, I, I, and by the way, I guarantee this is wrong, because this is, uh, I said, you know, maybe draw something that actually exists, and what I'm drawing, I don't think exists anywhere. I, uh... I'm
0: going to flip oh. mine over. Oh, now it I makes sense. I think
2: I just realized what this is, actually. I, I, you know, You're unbelievable. Might... Oh my it's just see... like Kali
0: Landano. Let let I saw see... it on his paper. Let me... Let, me see,
2: let me see what you drew. Son of a And shit. then show what I drew. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Let's see what you drew.
0: I drew this. <laughs> but looking closely at what mine is, it's very obvious well, what mine is, right? It's very
2: obvious who the artist is.
0: Well, no, but I'm drawing this thing, right? Because that's yeah. what I know how to do. But look what you did. It's the same thing. Here, pulled it up a little bit so I can, if you can uh, see it in the thing here, in the shot. It's, there you oh, go. You know look at that. What's
2: interesting is it has the two bands on it and then like the... <laughs> Home yeah, thing, we both did home. it. We both did it exactly. And then, and then the segments for the stand. I know. It's <laughs> ridiculous. Okay, now I'm scared.
0: It's ridiculous. Wow. It's ridiculous. We're going to get that computer moved for next time. That is wild. That is weird, wild That is some wild stuff there. Uh, weird, wild stuff. Manuel Carrillo says, commenting for Nicole. Thank you, Manuel Carrillo. <laughs> and uh, let's see here. It says, any Alan Coulter stories? We've got to talk about our fallen friends, Yeah, we'll talk we? about
2: Alan. I have something from Tony and... Tony Inky-Mendez. So we
0: mentioned, the, I guess I brought it up just before yeah. you said, I said we've lost a lot of Letterman people, yeah, lately, or a did. few uh, significant Letterman people lately. Tony Inky-Mendez, which is the cue card guy, just passed away. And Alan Coulter, yep. Big Red, the announcer, Red. just passed away like a couple weeks ago. These are both people you worked with every day.
2: I love both of them. Alan, you know, was just so amazing because he he was willing to do anything. He didn't care about looking foolish, looking silly. And, you know, with his incredibly straight, presence it was always hilarious and tony of course is tony he'll say or do anything at any moment
0: see i love tony he tony was very friendly i I didn't know tony from the late show i met tony at saturday night live when i was an intern when i was a kid right so like junior senior year of high school it's like Mm -hmm. 1994 but he worked at saturday night live doing cute cards and yeah. he wore his Letterman jacket. So I started talking to him about that. He had the Latro <laughs> jacket on. And that was how I got to meet him. He was really nice. And he took me in. And he showed me the whole under the bleacher section, all that stuff. And he taught me the whole thing. And it was just really, really nice. And that was how I met him. And then he was the Letterman guy. Yeah. So I don't have any personal stories from the Letterman or anything else. I just have a guy who was really nice to a kid he didn't even know or need to be nice to. And he took the time. And I'm grateful for that. So yep. what was he like working with every day?
2: Oh, he was the best. Tony was the best. He was great, and it was just so funny because he was—he would talk to Dave in a way that nobody else could. I mean, even Dave's—you know—personal assistant, nobody could talk. Even probably his wife, nobody could talk to Dave the way Tony could. Just say, "Go f yourself. Go sit in your ivory tower," and everybody would laugh because nobody else, you know, would ever talk. Like it. And it was just so funny. Um, and <laughs> it was just some sort of familiarity there. Yeah, had. and he had a great. Sense of comedy too, really great sense of comedy. Well, he was a
0: performer first. I mean, he was yes, a dancer was. and a performer on Broadway for so many years. Yep. yep. Now I heard that D- that that Dave inherited Tony uh, because uh, I can't remember his name right now. Marty. Marty was actually Tony's partner, yes. and Marty passed away of AIDS. Yes. Right around the same time the show was switching.
2: Yep. And then and Dave gave him the job. That's unbelievable to me.
0: That yes. says so much about D- D- Dave to me. Yep.
1: When you told me that, I was blown away. Like it just is the coolest twist
0: because nobody would know that it's nobody's business, right. and that shows you know tighten it more than any other, which is already tighten it. Um, all right, big red. Alan Calter stories. That was the question.
2: Yeah, I, I don't really have an Alan story other than you know he was just uh, super friendly and willing to do whatever the script said, whatever it called for, you
0: know. Don Gillard just put up one of those, you know, his retrospective of all the stuff. And it's just, it's amazing. There's so much stuff. And he was, like you said, so committed. He was 100% 100%. in every single thing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Whenever I would drive into the city because I loved the late show and whatever so much, I would always come in the 56th Street and then I would drive down Broadway underneath the market. And then I would go to wherever I was going, like NBC or whatever, cut over to 48th Street. I don't know how many times I saw Alan walking to the theater from like, I guess probably the subway station over there by 56th street, to, to walking down Broadway to go underneath the marquee to sh- see the people and get recognized. And everything. And I would always honk and I would always wave. And he's like, Hey, there he goes. He would always do his thing as if, you know what I mean? And I don't know. He was like part of New York in a weird way. Yeah. Just like Dave was, except yeah. Alan was on the streets, like talking to people, you yeah. know,
2: and that shaking hands, baritone voice. Oh yeah. yeah. And the, and the, flaming, red, flaming hair, red hair and and the whole bit and he you know great posture and he yeah. was just that guy. Yeah. He was an old school freaking showman in a way. He was. Way. He was an old school announcer. Yep.
0: Man, that's so cool to me. That, that that's not even like nobody even does that anymore. Spike was on the show uh not too long ago and he was talking about we both you know started at 30 rock and that was right, such a cool right, building. Right. But he asked me and I didn't even remember this or remember seeing it, but he asked me cuz he remembers the old NBC announcers lounge, like on the mezzanine or the second floor where they would all just hang out and they're smoking cigarettes and drinking and whatever else where they were wow. just, cause you know, they were on the clock all day. They would d- do different recordings at different times throughout the building. Right, right, right. We're talking about Bill Wendell. We're talking about Don Pardo, yep. all the greats. And, um, and it's something I wish I could have been a part of because that doesn't exist anymore.
2: Yeah, I, I didn't even know of that. I mean, I, I hadn't... The only NBC gig I've done was out here, so I did not know about the announcer's lounge, but that's oh, pretty cool. must have been so cool. In that pretty building
0: cool. that was an antenna to the world, you know? Yep. Yeah. Man, what made you get into this business? Like, seeing that shit is what made me get into this business. What did it for you? I mean,
2: for me, it was just buying my first George Carlin album at 13 years old, you know, and memorizing it, and then the fact that he grew up a block away from me, and his mom used to sit down on—I lived in this sort of development where there were benches there, park benches. She used to—she was already in her late 80s, I think, and I was a little kid, but she used to tell me stories about her son, George, and once I was old enough to realize, oh my God, that's George Carlin's mother— um, over the years in stand-up, I'd worked with all his contemporaries, with Robert Klein and Brenner and all these people, and but I'd never gotten to work with Carlin. I'd never mm-hmm. met him. And so um, I wrote him a letter at some point. I, oh, because I did um, Caroline's Comedy Hour for A&E. Unless love that show, yeah. Yeah, I did it Because uh, I was a kid. We, we,
0: we both did because we were trying to suck up all this stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, I did one with Damon Wayans. I think I did another one with Bill Hicks. It was it was pretty cool. That show was
0: on for years.
2: I loved years, it. Yeah. Years. And um, and so the executive producer had just done something with Carlin. And so I said, man, I said, you know, I've never written a letter to anybody or any sort of fan thing, but I really would love to tell him that I knew it was his mom and so forth. She oh, said, well, yeah. I'll give you, you know, I can't give you his phone number, but I'll give you a post office box, whatever. So I actually wrote him a letter and I... To- mentioned a couple things that you would only know if you knew his mom you know because i didn't want him to think this is just some you know idiot writing when in fact it was an idiot writing so um uh, so you so, want to get inside a little bit you yeah, show yeah, yeah. Him it's not just a talk about fan some places letter. in the neighborhood that i knew he hung go. out at that i hung out at and so um i wrote it to him and i just kind of forgot about it and then a couple months later my uh um ex-wife uh, came running into my office and said oh, George Carlin's on the phone. I was, on the phone? What? On the phone? And so Got it your was George and called you. I know. I put my number. You know, I didn't think he'd call no. me. No, but he called me. Maybe get it, a headshot
0: back or something. <laughs> I wouldn't
2: expect anything.
0: You send it off, not expecting anything back. Not expe-
2: right? I didn't expect anything. No, and I had at that point forgotten. And uh, so he called and we talked for about two hours about his oh, mom, God. about his growing up, Corpus Christi, uh, the you know school he went to. And how old are you at that point? Well, now now this is uh, – this was like close to my time at Letterman. I was already in my early 30s. So you're
0: already in comedy. You're already writing. So you have something to talk to George Carlin Oh, about. yeah.
2: That's what I'm saying. I, I had worked with all his contemporaries wow. over the years. Well, not Pryor, but I'd worked with all the other guys and
0: – One of my things that I get so excited about is that Carlin's actually been in those chairs. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he was still alive to have been on this show a couple times in those chairs. To me, it's so cool. Richard Pryor never made it, you know? Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah.
2: No, no, no. So um, It's huge so, to
0: me, too. I'm saying the gravity is huge to absolutely,
2: me also. Absolutely. I, and it came kind of full circle because when I was at Letterman, he was on one of the shows. And so I never, you know, go up to a guest dressing room, whatever, but I did want to say hello to him. And so uh, I went up there with a producer and, uh, and, we again, we talked and just really hit it off. It was great. Was, Did he
0: remember you from the phone call? Oh, from yeah. Way, oh, wow, yeah. great. Because, I mean, how many guys grew up in that. his neighborhood
2: that became comedians and are, you know. I know your mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Although now, how many people in the neighborhood became comedians? Well, about half the building, actually. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> how many of them have podcasts? <laughs> how many aren't doing stand-up? <laughs> that's the trickier question. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. And, uh, and I have, um, I did bring a little souvenir of uh, uh, Tony Mendez, of our friend.
0: I'm really excited to see it. I, I saw um, what it was, but I didn't see, obviously, what the content is.
2: Okay, so I have, I, I have. Did you see um, this? No. Oh, okay. All right, he walked in with it, so I couldn't, I, I couldn't not see it. I'm going to why. I had to bring it because it was a, a little piece of TV history. Um, when Dave had his heart surgery, uh, you know, it was, it was terrifying for him, obviously, most of all. Um, it was also is, so
0: sudden, right? Because there was, was no prep for that. Well, it was like.
2: It was sudden, but his father passed away in his 50s of, of, of heart disease. And the thing about Dave, though, I'm sure unlike anybody in the previous generation, um, he was a fitness maniac, a runner. So him, well, that's, every I grew up day, watching him miles run in miles the morning every yeah. day. He, uh, and so they said if he hadn't had a runner's body, he probably wouldn't have made it that far. Um,
0: be- he would run around the building at NBC. I mean, he was yeah. just a. He would run, period. He probably he, did it at CBS he too, would, I'm guessing. When
2: he had a place down in the village, um, uh, in uh, he used to get up at like four in the morning and run under the West Side Highway, the studio, when it's pitch dark outside, pit black, and, you know. And seedy. And seedy and yeah. dangerous. Yeah, yeah. And he would run up to the studio. Yeah, he was. Uh, That's um, hilarious. Yeah, yeah.
0: God, he would run at our high school track and around the neighborhood and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> when he was at home in Connecticut. Yeah. Yeah. A yeah. Different. A little different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So it was so, actually being so fit that, that made it was him being so fit that, that,
2: that saved his life, I think. And his dad,
0: I think just dropped out of a heart attack. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. So, so uh, because he, you know, he he's Dave and he has a doctor and he knew that this would, have to happen eventually. He would have to get the surgery. Doctor so Vinnie, no, <laughs> Vinnie Boom Bots. Doctor Boom I tell you, I'm all right now, but last week I was in <laughs> rough shape.
0: You do a great, Rodney. I'll tell you. Whoa.
2: Uh, my wife, she's no cook. You know, in my house, we pray after we eat.
0: Oh my anyway. God! You put on a hundred pounds to do that. That was amazing. <laughs> you sounded like Rodney. That was I, incredible. I, I, you know, I've so never I, heard you, Rodney. That was I'll amazing. Tell you.
2: Yeah. Well, we were talking about Norm MacDonald, and there was a bit of his that I never heard that I actually heard Dennis Miller do last night. And oh. it was, Norm was on the show, but Dennis Miller did the bit, and it was so funny. Uh, was it, it on it,
0: Dennis's it, podcast? What was yeah, yeah, it was on
2: Dennis's podcast. Okay. And it was, uh, probably everybody knows this but me, but uh, it was just so, you know, the way Norm thought was just amazing. He says, I um, uh, he says, uh, uh, hey, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I feel bad there for homeless guys, you know. It's just—it's it's terrible there, you know. You know what I really feel bad for is, is a homeless guy's dog, you know. You know he's got to be thinking, this is the longest walk ever. <laughs> you know, he's got to be thinking, I could do this on my own, you know. I don't need this guy. <laughs> and by the way, thanks for the leash, you know. Oh, oh. Anyway. <laughs> oh, scary.
1: <laughs> oh, it's so
2: good. I, it's weird. I can't do the people that I should be able to do. But I do offbeat impressions. My newest one, again, I do I, <laughs> only people who passed on. No, that, well, that's uh, respectful. Uh, I, yeah, it's a little, it's, it's a tribute. No, Norm really is. But he was a is, friend of yours.
0: You used to work with him and you wrote with for him. I know.
2: I, I didn't write for him. Okay. Um, I knew him through Tom, our, our mutual friend Tom Green, and so we hung out a lot. And uh, not a lot, but we hung out a number of times. Okay. And uh, and, and I actually each
0: other through canada or through Kong? they know
2: each other yeah like when tom was a kid he used to watch norm when norm was still young awesome. but older than tom at the uh at yuck yucks in uh, um Sick. in canada okay, cool
0: so yeah. it was influential for tom uh, for norm much. was influential for tom like like dave and everybody else who absolutely made tom. okay that and the thing about
2: norm is you know offstage and you'd have a discussion with him no matter how serious it got he would say something it would just make you double over laughing and he wasn't trying to be funny that's it was aggravating to me because I would have to try and I would still would never be half that funny and it's, it was just the way it came out you know it was just so brilliant
0: was it his cadence was it just the fact that when he talked you could see his mind work yeah and that's what it was for me yeah. like you could see all the working all the moving parts whenever his mind his mouth would move you could um, you could
2: and it was always that sort of hidden knowledge there you know that
0: because he had that little boyish fucking wake, yeah you know that little twinkle in his yeah. eye and that little half smile of like i know something that you don't and, and exactly it's, and it's so good that you just want a taste of it
2: yeah, yeah. id id there's a weird abbreviation huh this is the best uh, i of course is uh well i is short for i and uh d is short for dentification <laughs> of course i have to lean in to say that so Identification. dentification, dentification. Um, the final, his
0: final Letterman was like maybe the best s- stand-up segment I ever saw. One of the greatest. One of the, and people that always talk about it. I'm not the only one to, to feel this way, but the Hitler, the Hitler bit.
2: Oh my God! Was
0: unbelievably
2: so crafted. It was perfection. Yeah. My favorite part of that is something that shouldn't be a punchline. I think is the funniest punchline in the whole go bit. And I, think I know, you the, know, whole, I know you the whole, whole thing, so go it. ahead. So he says, uh, oh, you know, the news, yeah, they try to make you scared. Oh, Iran, Iraq, North Korea. Anybody really scared of North Korea? Oh, North Korea. He said, as, you know, as, there's only really one country I worry about. I don't worry about those countries. Only one country I worry about, and that's the uh, that's the country of Germany. I don't know if you guys are history buffs. That's the best part
0: right there. (laughs) The best part. Or not. I don't know if you're history buffs or not. Oh, my God. So great. So great. You might not be keen on this Hitler
2: dude, but he was a bad guy. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Dave, the more I'm learning about this Hitler, the less I'm starting to care for the guy. Yeah, the less I like (laughs) him. Oh, God. And I realize now, uh, as I'm sure we all do, uh, that when he was saying goodbye and crying, you know, he already had to know that he was quite sick. That he was kind of saying Goodbye, goodbye. A
0: hundred percent. And beyond that, how many segments does he have when you watch either his old podcast show or that became the Netflix show, how many um, very intimate conversations he has with people where death comes up? There's yeah. even one w- yep. with Dave where he's like, "Ah, blah, blah, blah. You can't hide from Dev, And Norm makes that hilarious. Ah, oh, fuck. I was hoping you could. Yeah. It's hilarious in the moment. Yeah. But later it really hits. So home, he probably
2: did hope he could. You know what I mean? That's like so real. Yeah. I yep. thought it was just funny. I know. I know. The fact that he was able to just keep that to himself is
0: And working up to the end. Like, astounding. all through COVID, he was doing those, yeah. you know, like, he was talking, still talking to Roseanne, yep. you know, and doing little live bits for everybody. It was yep. unbelievable.
2: Amazing guy. Unbelievable. I, I don't know why I'm still holding. I feel like Bob Dole. Like, <laughs> Gabe Abelson says this, it. and Gabe Abelson <laughs> says that.
0: <laughs> don't get Gabe Abelson upset. <laughs>
2: uh. Oh, so, the joke. So, when Dave came back from his heart surgery, yes. it was a very dramatic... Um, uh, uh, moment. It was it was so powerful because he lined up his whole surgical team. As I, I know, you know, Doctor Lou Aronie. Lou Arroni. Ar- Ar-roni, That's right. And yes. then Paul would always play the Bryce Arrone thing.
1: Right. <laughs> so, Dr. Lou There
2: you go. Always ready. And so the whole surgical team was lined up, and he shook their hands one by one. and He did the monologue, and everybody
0: had that shirt in the audience. I have that still in mind, the
2: white shirt with the with the stitches. Yep. Wow. And so. He told this joke in the monologue, uh, and um, in the next day, it was on the post, in the post. It was like the second or third page of the post, big letters. So uh, the joke was, um, uh, let's see. I actually have, have it here. Uh, oh, okay. So here's a couple. Uh, can the camera see Sure. Yet? Okay. So I knew nothing about the surgery. I, I knew nothing about the surgery. Again, Tony Mendez wrote this. In the
1: oh, in the operating
2: God. room was very crowded. Three surgeons, three nurses, anesthesiologist, and of course Paul in the band. <laughs> it's kind of a throwaway. But then the next one is the one that that I, I'm happy with that made the that made the post. It said, uh, "You know, when I found out I had to have a quintuple bypass, my entire career flashed before my eyes." And I'll be honest, most of it was awkward silences. <laughs> and there's the post.
0: There's oh the wow. Oh, wow. And there's the microphone I but gave Tony, him. But Tony,
2: you know. <laughs> Let's see the fight. Can I see Tony, the fight? Yeah. Tony was brilliant at this. I mean, you can, if, if you've never read the joke, the full joke, you can read that and instantly fill in the blanks. He was really.
0: Again, he knew uh, the, 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 the. The shorthand. And he had the math down that you talk about. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh Oh, so here. There we go. This was the post article. i time. I just try to get a close up of that. There you go. Dave, I was on death's doorstep. <laughs> oh, Dave, I was on death <laughs> row that. I forgot how the post does things. <laughs> that is so cool. And that's really um it's really great to have that still. Yeah, for you it, to it, for you to it, hang on to that.
2: It was very meaningful to me um that he did that and then that happened.
0: I, what do you mean that he did that? Oh, did he because Tony gave you the joke the, the card afterwards?
2: Well, I mean, I could take a card if I wanted to, but it it, it was meaningful to me that he included that joke that he didn't get angry. Dave never got angry about the joke. That was the thing is you could make. Oh,
0: you mean to Dave. You were appreciative to Dave.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I, like, the fa- I like the joke and I like the fact that he liked the joke because it's not a standard, you know, like set up really hard punchline. It, mm-hmm. but, it's, but it's a Dave joke. There's so many jokes he did that were like that, that nobody else could do. Yes. And that nobody else would do. Like my favorite joke written by the boys, the guys that wrote for Carson for 20 years. Yeah. Maybe my favorite joke Dave ever did was he said, everybody in New York is sick with the flu. In fact, the guy that wrote this joke got sick with the flu, had to go home, and couldn't finish it. Silence. And yeah, that's no, it. Crickets in the audience. And everybody. <laughs> they don't, do they get it? No, they didn't get it at all. Oh, it's so high concept. It's hilarious to exactly. me. Exactly. But then that's the, the pause. Who else would do that? The they pa- didn't care. There you go. The Every- pause is, is the joke. Yes.
0: And then their reaction to not getting it becomes the punchline.
2: Right. Exactly. (laughs) 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 Exactly.
0: Oh, my God. All of that stuff was what made it. What made that show so unique. What was it like to write on that show? Like, did you want to write on that show and then you got the gig or did that just sort of fall into your lap or how did it it work?
2: It was a crazy thing. I'd been doing stand-up for like 15, 16 years. Well, no, at this point it was like 14 years. I was doing audience warm-up for Politically Incorrect with Bill Maher. And I don't know why it had never occurred to me in my entire career, but one day I watched his monologue and I thought, huh, maybe I can write one of those jokes. So they said, well, you know, I said, how do I get you a joke? They said, well, you know, we have a fax team. Fax mm. is first thing in the morning, because I was only going to do the warm-up late in the day. They you have fax in the morning, uh, but it's a, sort of a thankless job. It's like 50 bucks if you sell a joke. We look to our staff writers first. I thought, okay, I got nothing else to do. I'm a comic, I'm not doing anything. Why today. wouldn't you just why try? Why wouldn't I?
0: Absolutely. So
2: I sent a few jokes and Bill Moore only did six jokes. And the very first night I ever tried this, half the monologue was mine. And it was more exciting than anything that had ever happened in my stand up career. It was like, well, hang, oh, hang, my hang, God hang on, hang on, hang on. So
0: dudes. you're writing for Bill Maher and blah, blah, blah. But the, the first time you ever submitted to Letterman.
2: So what happened was they put me on a retainer. They didn't give me a staff job at Politically Incorrect. I did end up, that's what brought me out to LA eventually, but I had no TV experience. I was a club comic. So I just kept going with the fax thing. They moved out to LA. I happen to be doing... A wait, but
0: that's what I'm saying. So you did this fax thing in your first time submitting, you had a bunch of jokes in the monologue?
2: Three of the six jokes were mine the first time I tried it. That's yeah. unbelievable. So it was like, wait a minute, maybe you what I've been doing for here. 14 years is not what I'm best at Holy and smokes. it was like so exciting i was like okay now obviously i have this incredible gift and then the next two nights i got nothing on it well it was like my <laughs> career's <laughs> over talking over uh, and then you they know they
0: couldn't possibly go it would have they would have to take some time off
2: yeah exactly we, we don't want to let this guy get a swell yeah head, so but then you know again so it was only a, a few weeks into it a couple weeks into it that they gave me this retainer thing Holy then they moved shit. out to la they cut the fax program and so i was doing a one-nighter with the wife of the guy who was the head monologue writer for Letterman, Bill Scheft. And so I happened to have my Bill Maher packet. I said, what do you think? You know I think Dave would, she said, you know, these are really funny. I can't tell you, yes or no. She was so funny, Adrian Toll. She was the great comic. Um, and she, uh, so she said, send them to Bill. And I knew Bill a little bit. Uh, so I sent them to Bill. And he said, these are great. He said, if you want to fax, you know, fax and, Gave me the same kind of story, and I started getting more and more on. And then the same thing happened. Took a little longer, a couple of months, but they put me on retainer there. And because it was CBS, and at that time, uh, I think— Is this uh, when
0: they were doing it at TV City? Uh, politically incorrect or yeah, Dave Yeah, uh, no this is Dave. Oh okay, sorry, um, sorry. Dave. So it's Dave's at CBS. Right. So
2: but Bill was the it's the only show where there was only one monologue writer, which was Bill Shaft. The all the other people were faxers and the boys that wrote for Carson. Is that right? Yeah. And yeah. the
0: Stangles weren't there yet. They no. were. But oh, they nobody
2: were. else had anything. It was like his own... Oh, they all wrote for the show but not the monologue. But not the monologue. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um and you know even my buddy Joe Toplin who wrote The Book on Writing for Late Night, which I use as a text in my class. Great book, right? How to write for late night television. He didn't write monologue jokes for the show while he was there. He's a Whoa. brilliant monologue writer, but so that was entirely. That's why it was. It was a terrifying position because it was all on my shoulders, and it was my first staff job in TV, uh, arguably the the biggest one that I've had. So it was. It was thrilling. It was. I mean, being in the room with this guy that I'd watched since I was in college. Yeah. So now, um, you, but
0: my my whole thing. You just. You've changed the picture that I had mentally. I'm seeing you in the writer's room and the whole bit, but you weren't even with them I because you were separate yep. working on a different project. Yep. It's almost like a different team, and it was just you and Dave, That's basically. It. And, and Tony, else, basically. And
2: Tony. And nobody else really had FaceTime with him, but the monologue was so important to Dave that it would just be me and him and Tony for an hour every day in his dressing room going over the jokes and often fighting over which jokes And uh, when I got more comfortable. Yeah. And uh, and it was... Yeah, it was...
0: Was that a good time for you creatively? Yeah, okay. Creatively, yeah. that was a yeah. high point. Wow, that's
2: amazing. But I couldn't write as many jokes as I did when I was faxing because I had 250 faxers jokes of so, which to pull the best from, tweak, and then put those, because Dave didn't want to read all jokes. Oh, so you're now calling all of those. Exactly. Oh, wow. And writing my own. And wow. so I give them like, That's a lot of work. A lot of work. A lot of work. Yeah. You sure you want to do
0: that for us? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. And then, uh, but I forget. This is the early. This is when this. This is when this stuff was on. Right. This was like uh, when he first moved to CBS. Uh,
2: Or no, no, it was a few years later because Bill was with him for the first few years. Okay. Oh, so this is what happened. So I'm doing this for Dave, knowing that there's no position for me because they don't have any other monologue writers, and I've never had a career plan. I've just kind of gone out there and done that. And I didn't think, oh well, maybe I should put a packet together for Conan or Leno because you know <laughs> they actually have a monologue writing. Uh, the, the whole team writes for monologue, and but I didn't. You know, I was I was making my stand-up thing. I was happy getting my retainer money, yeah. and. Um, out of nowhere, one day, Bill Chef calls me up and he says, I'm leaving the show to write a book. Would you be interested in my job? And it's one of these where you remember where you were, what you were wearing, oh, you know, uh, when the phone call life came changing. in. Life-changing. Yeah, life-changing. Absolutely life-changing. I life mean, not changed. just money, like opportunity, just whatever I always wanted. Here it is. Yeah, yep. And exactly. And it was, you know, I was just giggling and crying and i mean it was crazy so you said yes so i said yes and i <laughs> almost lost it. the job because Can i tell you a story yeah oh, okay this is unbelievable so i studied acting in college hang on he called you to offer you the job how'd you okay go ahead okay all so right. ahead. um so bill tells up me around here Jesus. bill tells me there are five guys on retainer and you're all going to interview for the job um you said i just you know want to let you know um you're the only stand-up I think that was key. Um, so what had happened was all oh, the other
0: guys aren't performers, right? They weren't okay, performers. Okay.
2: They're killer writers. That's why they were on retainer. But um, I had been I'd studied acting in college with Lee Strasberg for four years. Holy crap! So yeah, it was. Uh, he was already. Near the end, so but I, that's was, amazing. Yeah, it was. A, I mean, that's, you should be an actor. I did. <laughs> it's I did. A waste. I actually tried to send you a file. <laughs> I was on a, acting on a Discovery. Show all right, summer. well that's good because it's such a waste. Well, so and it's <laughs> from of the, the Strasburg from. School. No, I I trained with him. So, Holy crow! So I, I did commer- I did a lot of voiceover commercials, doing celebrity impressions and stuff. And but I never got it on camera, right? So right around this time, right before I get the Dave job. I, I go for an audition. This is when Frazier went into syndication, oh. and so they created this character called Crane Man that watches Frazier Crane 70, you know, 24/7. Oh, he's a super uh, fan. Yeah, Fraser a super, super fan. fan. Exactly. So I go on this audition and I say to my commercial agent, "Really, on camera, me as Dustin Hoffman as Rain Man? Okay, I'll go." And I walk in. Of course, everybody there looks like Dustin Hoffman and Rain Man, and right. then there's me. Uh, you know, they're all like five five and dark hair, and uh, you know, and, <laughs> and s- you don't look anything no, like a No, eleven. Different proportions. It, yeah. Just, yeah, no. And so, um, and so I go in. and I say, you know what, fuck it. I, I took the train downtown. I'll just do it. And I do my. I yeah, I gotta watch Frasier. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I haven't done it in decades. So. Oh, it's a rain. Oh, I yeah, get it. instead so of Wapner, yeah, gotta watch, yeah, gotta watch Oh, yeah. that's and the voiceover, this is Crane Matt, you know, whatever. So, and I'm pacing my room, and it was not gonna be a national ad, right? Unacceptable. So, I get a call from my agent, and it's always this way when you think you ace an audition, you never hear from them. I'm thinking, when I walked in, I thought, why am I even here? <laughs> I get the gig my first on-camera gig I get the gig but now they have to make me look like Dustin Hoffman in main man so they have to dye my hair jet black now I know nothing about hair dye but apparently if you dye this black it comes out red so and I don't know permanent from temporary so they had to do four times four processes or something you're a freaking guinea pig and and then they have to cut my hair like a mental patient. That's so. See, he had that crazy buzz that cut. That crazy buzz <laughs> yeah. cut. Yeah. And they had to dye my eyebrows black. I came home and my children started crying. Of course. Who with, are you? With this complexion, with jet black hair and eyebrows, and my wife was like, "You got to sleep in the kitchen it's all tonight." all in the impression. In the you kitchen. can't
0: make you look like rainmate. You'd have to do prosthesis. Yeah. And stuff. Exactly. Like SNL, get them to do it. you know? <laughs> exactly. A wig is cheaper than dye. Jesus. So,
2: so. Um, at this point, I don't know that I have the interview. By the way, I, I I didn't have it yet. So.
0: Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
2: you know, you know what's coming. So yet. you
0: haven't even gotten the bill, Chef. You just look like a mental patient.
2: Yeah, I just look like a mental patient. I'm thrilled to do this commercial. Now, Bill says, "Do you do you want to interview for the job?" And I said yes. And I but said. But I bill, look
0: like I should be raking leaves. <laughs> at the at the at the asylum.
2: I you know look before I. Hi, knew, Earl. Before I. Knew, <laughs> <laughs> right, you, you want some shrimp? Yeah, uh, you get it. <laughs> I'm doing Norm doing Dave. Doing Dave. Uh, you like the shrimp? I can't do it. Uh, but uh, so so um, so I had this interview, and I know enough about Dave, as we all do just from watching him. I didn't know Dave at all. that. If something's a little bit off, it would probably really bother him. So now I'm I'm way off. You know, there's something way oh off about God. me. So I say to Bill, I said, look, Bill, I, I said, I love you. I am so happy about this. I did. I told him I love you. I said, but please tell Dave um, <laughs> that I look like this for a role. I'm not taking any more roles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I get this This will gig, all grow and out and go away. It'll all grow out. That's exactly what I told him. I said, but please tell him. He said, oh, of course. He said, I'm glad you told me that because that is something that might have stood out, right? So when you sh- yes, when you show up counting toothpicks, like he's gonna be like, what the hell? <laughs> Cigars, he dumped them on the floor. <laughs> right. Yeah, 53, fifty-three. Oh my God! So uh, so I uh, we shared a cigar. I went there at, to his office, and oh, you really? know I tried to be cool. I mean, having been. Hang on, in, so you're at the show. You go meet with him at the show. In his office. Okay, yeah. up in the top floor there. Uh, uh, well, next to top floor, twelve. Right. Four fourteen was where the writers. Most were. Most people, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, Most people don't 13. know that that exists because it was sort of. You know right. I mean? It was it's like a like, split level yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah. So um, so I go, I had the interview and, you know, fortunately, I mean, as, as comics, you're around celebrities all the time. And so it didn't like absolutely paralyze me as yeah. it probably would have, yeah. but I was still incredibly... You know, nervous and he wasn't just
0: David Letterman. He was such a big he was the, the most powerful
2: man in broadcasting exactly. at the time.
0: It was a big deal. Yeah. It
2: was a big deal and the guy I looked up to. And so but we had a great time and we smoked cigars and uh and the very first thing he said to me, and this is so interesting, um, Bill Chef gave me a great tip before the interview. He said, When you go in there, he said, Dave is gonna throw something at you to see how you roll with it. He'll say something out of nowhere like, Do you like red meat? You know, which is a very dated thing to say. He said, "So be prepared for it." And he, you know, he is it never did that. Just kind of disarm you for a moment. Yeah, yeah, but he never did that. I think that's he, if he doesn't feel comfortable.
0: When he feels comfortable with people, he's, I think, very normal. I and think very so. normal might be a stretch.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to make a value judgment on that. But he did say, uh, um, but he, he was he did really say, nice to this little kid on his porch. You know that? Yes, I do. Yeah. I do. Incredibly nice. That was. Um, um, I love that story. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Um, um, so. Uh, I, um, so he didn't do that. He didn't throw so you So he off. didn't do that. He said to me, and the, the, Tom Green said something very interesting years later that I, I had not thought of. And so Dave said to me, uh, do you know Uncle Dirty and Mitch Walters? I said, they're like two, two guys. They're legends. Yeah, I'd worked with them on the road. They're comics that were mm-hmm. around from his generation that were still working the road. Uncle uh-huh. Dirty is actually uh, uh, um, mentioned by Pryor and Carlin when they were together on The Tonight Show. Whoa. He was like a beatnik comic. And so he was like the old guy when i was in my 20s all the comics you know that are now my age we were in our 20s and dirty was like in his 50s mm-hmm. so it was funny he was like that's really old man of course not that old now <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh everything's relative yeah so i knew him so i knew both of them and we shared stories you know and 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 letterman t- said he said you know i used to live over the comedy store with uh, mitch walters uh, and uh um i forgot the other one was oh and he said uh, uh, no, nah, I can't say that. Uh, oh, no. Uh, no! No, 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 no. Good I, for you. I, I, yeah, I Good can't. Good for you. There, um, uh, but, but in any case, so <laughs> years later, when it's I got. A after, slope. Uh, yeah, I just yeah, certain things. And it's not even the NDA. This is no, a, just don't,
0: don't worry about protect, it. You don't want to be Comedians protecting comedians. Yes, yeah. yes. yes.
2: Um, so, so years later, you know, Tom is, is just so insightful and so brilliant, although I should have thought of this. Years later, uh, when I told him this story, you know, I got the job. I was the only comic that interviewed for it. And I think Dave wanted someone that knew what it was like to be out there every night with you alone, with your ass on the line, you know, because would just like Bill Shaft is a comic, he would call it over to the desk, what do you think of the crowd? What, right. what, what happened with that joke and this joke? So Was it me? Was it me? Basically. Uh, so, so Tom said something so interesting to me. I, I told him, I said, you know, Bill warned me that he might try to throw me the question with the red meat throw me off my game and Tom said you got the job right not these other people that weren't comics I said yeah he says you do know that by asking do you know Uncle Dirty and Mitch Walters he said that was the you red got, meat question
0: be, beyond that I think it was the interview yeah yeah you, you know what I mean like yes yeah. if, if yeah it goes from there you you got the yes on that one and then now you're smoking cigars for an hour or two it's, hours it's, or whatever
2: it's, it was. it's yeah it is it's getting in the speakeasy isn't it
0: kind of yeah. You knew the password. Yeah. And you worked with him. It wasn't even like, you know, if he said, right, hey, do you right. know Bob and Ray? Like, who doesn't know Bob and Ray? Right. Of course, we all look up to Bob and Ray. Chris Elliott's dad. Um, but uh, to have actually spent time with them is different. Yeah. Good yeah. for you. Oh, yeah. man, that's yeah. such a
2: great story. It was. And, and so, oh, and, and so let me get to the end. Yeah, thank sure, you for reminding sure. me. There is an ending to the story. Oh, good. So, um <clears throat> So I get a call from Bill, and this was the call. He calls me back. He said, congratulations, Mm -hmm. you got the job. I said, oh, my God, that's great. Oh, I, I love you. Thank you. He said, um, he said, Dave really liked you. He said, I like this guy. Because he knew, you know, this, this was a stranger he would have to spend an hour with every day yeah. that he had to trust. For a long time. For a long time. And he said, you know, I can see spending time with this guy, getting along, seems like an easygoing guy. And this is Bill Sheff telling me this now after the interview. He said, I just have one question. What is the deal with his hair?
0: Excellent! <laughs> I did
2: now, Bill forget I to mention? See, did take, Bill forget to mention the whole... <laughs> I see the career just being thrown in the toilet and just you had it for a second and there it goes. And I said, no. Bill, tell me you told him. And I don't talk to Bill like that. Uh, and he said, tell him what? I said, oh, About he had you so commercial. good. Commercial! No, he didn't have he me. Forgot? He didn't tell him. Yeah, I said, I, said, I know this probably is going to... It's probably, I'm not going to get the gig. It'll change his mind. I said, tell him now. Bill said, I'm going to tell him right now. So we like, hung go up. go upstairs and he, right now. Yeah, and he went down, to, and he went down, <laughs> to to, and yeah. he told Dave, and, and everything was fine, but I still looked like a freaking weirdo. For, for the first a, month or whatever. Like six months. That's
0: amazing. And you, because you were. Oh, the timing. But because you were a brain, man, it's so inappropriate. <laughs> Like, we're going to tie in on autism to help sell our TV show into syndication. What the fuck? Uh, You are endlessly entertaining. We've gone so long. Uh, i got to get you out of here. No, no, I'm saying for your sake, I want to get you out of here. I'm conscientious of your time. I've had so much fun, but I can't wait to do things with you in the future. I know I want to talk about your, um, before we go anyway, we should talk at least a little bit about your comedy class. Sure. And um, I think if I have it in here or not, we have one a uh, friend of yours who has nice things to say we could always play that do you want to see that
2: yeah sure an, a friend of mine okay i'll watch it. <laughs> all right
0: roll it
1: hal <laughs> Gabe is the kind of guy you talk about around the water cooler that's why i'm standing next to a water cooler
2: <laughs> i mean i used him on the show because he had an, an innate sense of what would work and what wouldn't work he always had a good ear for what joke was appropriate and what was really funny and he always had a good eye for a bit you know there are guys that can write stuff and it's off the wall looking appropriate but gabe always kind of knew exactly what would work on the show and that's why we were successful when he was there yeah wow it was only two grand for that too <laughs> you had to pay for that <laughs> it cost us
0: 10 grand to get him here it was very nice <laughs> uh he's a friend of yours though i mean you've yeah, worked you yeah. worked together and mm-hmm. and you're 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 friendly mm-hmm. um I mean, that's pretty nice that he supports you. I think that's great. I know that everybody supports you. I wish I had time to play all of them.
2: It's a lot of uh, what are those
0: called? Uh, When somebody testimonial. Yeah. Testimonial.
2: Testimonial. testimonial. Um, It's just been it's so much fun. I have students that former students on almost every talk show. In fact, the head writer of Jimmy Kimmel all these years, Gary Greenberg, was a student of mine in stand up in the 80s. No, early 90s, early 90s. Uh, head writer Colbert I think it may have been his first job I gave him his first job Opus Moreski. he's won Emmy after Emmy and as of this year I have my first student who is a multiple Emmy and as of uh, the Academy Awards now an Oscar winner Uh, his name is Trevon Free I don't know if you know him unbelievable writer he won for best short subject um, for a, a short called two distant strangers wonderful and uh, and yeah he wrote for Colbert and daily show Samantha B and he's just killing it out there wonderful. so um, it's great having it 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 to me it's more satisfying passing this on sending people out there and seeing them get these huge gigs than it is getting it myself because they come in as a uh, uh, tabula rasa is
0: that the word mm, I don't know yeah blank slate there it is it. Ah, blank, tabula, it. tabula rasa. I know
2: what that is <laughs> <laughs> yeah. logic what's logic uh, um,
0: and hey that's my fa- be careful with that that's my favorite killing hat <laughs> that's
2: my favorite stabbing hat <laughs> hey hey that's my favorite stabbing hat <laughs> that's, that's the oh uh, OJ he said uh, in his new book he would have taken a bullet or thrown himself in front of a train for his late wife Nicole boy isn't that the worst luck? The one guy <laughs> would have given his life for you kills you. <laughs> there it is. Right. Why don't you get, what, get me started?
0: One night, Gabe and I spent a while on the phone just going over our favorite Norm McDonald <laughs> weekend update uh, uh, jokes from yeah. from weekend update. And that, that was one of them. Oh, God, they were so, so great. So funny.
1: So good. So great. Yeah. R.I.P. Norm McDonald. Mm-hmm.
0: And how about your buddy Tom Green? He
2: moved to Florida? I mean,
0: Florida. Uh, moved to Canada <laughs> and stayed there? <laughs> yes, which
2: was a better choice than, I, I should Yeah, say. That, no, but good for um, him.
0: Good for him. He's home by his family and stuff, right? He is.
2: And, you know, through, he didn't get to see his parents throughout the pandemic. And, mm. you know, that like all our parents are getting older. And so he missed Canada. He had wanted to go back there for a while. So, yeah, he bought a gigantic farm up there, 150-acre farm, I beautiful. think. beautiful With a lake, two ponds. When and, he
0: first moved up there, I saw, like, he put a YouTube video of sort of a quick tour, I saw that.
2: He's got, he's putting up videos every day now, and he oh, put wow. a, a trail cam up, which is really cool, because he's catching some very interesting creatures on video. Isn't that amazing? I've never seen, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, Tom Green. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. just
0: great content.
2: He's growing Yeah, he's, he's a great guy, and when I produced a show this summer on Discovery called Josh Gates Tonight, and... Yes, um, it's
0: wonderful. You produced that.
2: You, and, and wrote it. And yeah. wrote. It was the only show I've ever worked on where there were only three of us, writer-producers, and we each, instead of by committee, which is how every talk show works that yep. I've worked on, each one of us had to write and produce an entire, well, actually six one-hour episodes.
0: Soup to nuts. I don't like that myself. 70-hour work weeks. They ca- did crazy. they call you a predator? They often call you a predator when you have to do that. You're a producer and, and an editor and a director and whatever the heck it is. Yeah,
2: no, fortunately. The you got to wear all those hats, though. You do. Yeah, you do. And organizational uh, uh uh skills is not my strength that that no, is no you're not a com- you're an artist all. so i but but it was good to know that i could do that i produced a million segments but a whole show that was just a lot to keep track of That's a lot and and write it and yeah so it was fun
0: but a fun experience
2: but a fun experience yeah. so one day we had our, a guest drop out i called tom he agreed to Tom do Green, the show, yep, love it, and he and and it was perfect. Oh, you told me, you told me this because he's going, he was going around America in the converter, van. in
0: the van, yeah, right.
2: And so the show was on lost cities, and so it was just perfect. Oh, and Josh is perfect. was a fan, and oh, that Tom's, is perfect. So yeah,
0: but you also on the same conversation. He goes, "How did you get Leno? We tried to get him for Gates Tonight or whatever, and and couldn't do it because he was doing all the other stuff. Oh. Is that right?"
2: The, the, oh, oh, right, did, right, right, isn't right, that what right. You told me? That's right. He was doing the six shows a day. Yeah. He had to do uh, You Bet Your Life yep. because he was like,
0: How did you get Leno? Because we tried to get him and we couldn't get him. He was too busy. I was like, no, <laughs> I guess. This guy. It worked yeah. out. This guy. You worked got caught. out. <laughs> uh, I love you, Gabe Abelson. I really I love do. You guys I think you're too. A, just a wonderful energy. I love being around you. Um, I really am excited to have your help with your class in the future on this show, yes. with however, we're able to um, tie that in. Um, if
2: people are interested, um, it's the, I teach the advanced writing for late night class at Flappers Comedy Club in Burbank. Um, the way to, you can either take the level one class, uh, and the instructor there was somebody that I recommended to Flappers, a guy named Peter Charkalis, who used to uh, uh, fax me stuff at Letterman, then get uh, uh, then got staff jobs after that on Kilbourne, uh, Arsenio, and so this guy is a joke machine. So great. he teaches the first class I teach the advanced level but I also teach privately mm-hmm. so if anybody wants to hit me up they can always reach private out tutor. at Gableson yeah private tutoring uh I work with stand-ups as well um, but the late night you know all, all I'll say is this there's a lot of people well there's a lot of people teaching stand-up they shouldn't be teaching stand-up but there's a lot of people <laughs> who say that they who do teach late night who I always suggest if somebody mentions their credits look up that show that they say they wrote for because there are a lot of people that fax to shows oh. and then teach and there is so much politics and social navigation that you need to do on these late shows plus being in the writer's room um and knowing uh just the ins and out of that business that if you haven't been in that world faxing is not going to do it you might right. be able to teach the joke construction but you, you're just not going to know you know you have to know what not to do too it's not just about getting the job it's about keeping the oh, job Christ. and I, Amen. St- I couldn't mention names that everybody in this country knows that were there for because th- you work in 13 week cycles 13 weeks fired 13 weeks fired if so, all you've
0: done is this and put it through the machine you have never learned how to read a room yeah <laughs> and exactly. it's all about shutting the fuck up <laughs> eyes open mouth shut <laughs> you know what I mean take yeah. it in yeah. learn, exactly. well, learn what they're doing around yeah. here before you freaking try to Go be king shit of it. Yeah. Well, you have to. Yeah. You have to. to, It's a crap. People don't know that. Kids today. Kids. Kids. (laughs) Don't get me started. (laughs) Bye-bye, Birdie. What's going on? Nothing on this blue card, I'll tell you that. We are done for the week. We're done for the week. Uh, Tomorrow, we're up at uh, Breakfast Club. It's GVBC. Fridays, 9 to 11, up at Newcomb's Ranch on the ACH. We will be up there. Um, People come and go all morning, so don't stick to the 9 to 11. It can be whatever you want it to be. I don't remember what's happening this weekend. I was supposed to put it on this card, and I didn't. So <laughs> we'll be out there somewhere. I can't remember. Uh, I love you so much. We love you, Gabe Abelson. Who's here next here. week? Oh, Catherine Delorean is back next week. You uh, remember John Delorean and the Delorean? Of car? course. Daughter of John Delorean and one of my best yeah, friends right in the in, in the entire I world. That. Um Catherine Delorean from all the pictures back in the day and all that. From all the child, you know, she was a little kid. Very cool. Girl. So she'll be here next week, and uh, and that's it. Love you. We love you. We all love you. And uh, please love one another. We'll see you out there.
2: Peace out. Peace out. <laughs> Peace out. <laughs> it says the sixty-three-year-old. Oh, exactly. I feel okay. I-